0: Hey everybody, welcome to Darisha's podcast, Elite Mastery. I created this um, series of podcasts because I felt that um, there's lots of information out there to inspire and motivate individuals like myself and people that I work with uh, throughout the year and all the speeches and talks that I do. So throughout the month and throughout the year, I'll be interviewing people who are experts in their fields and I consider them as masters. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, and uh, thank you for joining me today. Today I have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Nader Sabri, and um, Nader and I go back a long way. He's a gentleman I admire very, very much uh, as an entrepreneur, a businessman, and a great mind, and a visionary. So thank you very much. I look forward to having this fireside, fireside chat with you over the next hour or so, and um, welcome to our little home.
1: Thank you, thank you, I'm, I'm excited to be here, and. Uh, uh, I know we haven't caught up in a while, you're just giving me a bit of headlines, but I, I can't wait to hear your story. And your story is something that from day one, I could have guessed, by the way. Really? Um, yeah. No surprises on
0: my side. The, the point is that I was, I was like um, dazzled in the headlights when I arrived. For people who don't know, I came here with nothing 10 years ago. And when I met you, I half didn't know what you were talking about.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: because you were so <laughs> smart and you are so smart Thank and um, we're not as connected as we were before but I was trying to earn a living I was trying to pay the bills I was trying to look good to you to be on the same level of peer group as yourself so you could accept me and honestly from my heart I get emotional and you're a gentleman and you knew that I had nothing and you brought me in, you looked after me and um, you advised me, you supported me, so for the rest of my life I'm grateful. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. I really mean this. Thank you. And uh, I had the pleasure of connecting with you on LinkedIn because you're doing these wonderful posts and uh, we connected on WhatsApp and I saw a picture of your beautiful son. Uh, How old is he now? He's uh, nine. Yeah, nine, nine and a half. When and we and half, when yeah. we met, he was just born. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean. It's just gone in a heartbeat, isn't it? Isn't it?
1: Yeah, I can't believe it because I, I was just saying that I, I think he was like two or three years old. That's what I felt. No. Last time we met, it, it was ten years ago. He was. This, a few I months. remember
0: you pushing the push, pushing the pram, really? and, and he didn't walk. He wasn't walking. Oh so, gosh And he's beautiful. <laughs> he's a handsome young man. So all credit and congratulations Thank you. To Thank, you. you. Thank you. So um when we met nine ten years ago, uh, you were. In the business of uh, developing uh, prayer mat. Yes. so can you tell us? Because I found that fascinating. Yeah, there's how many Muslims on the planet? Well, the estimates range between
1: 1.6 to 1.8 billion. Yes. Uh, regardless of which one of the two numbers you use, they're huge, right? Yes. And we discovered uh, through about five years of R and D. So when you met me, I was—I think I was at the end of my cycle of R and D. You were—you were going and to I'm,
0: China a lot those days.
1: Exactly. So we were like—we were moving from. Um, pre-production straight into commercialization. I think that's when you and I met where I was trying to map out and figure out how we were going to do our marketing, how we were going to sell this thing because we, we, we had no idea uh, at the time. And uh, those are actually the most brilliant um, times when you
0: actually really don't know, honestly. Um, and I was I, just enjoying listening to your journey, watching your journey. It, it
1: was
0: the, the yeah. things that first of all, tell us a little bit about the product because yes. it's amazing. And you think you have a a, a client base of one point eight billion people, and yep. these guys are constantly changing because people are passing away and being born. So it's yep. it's like a conveyor belt of yeah. of yeah. consumers waiting for your product, and nobody had thought of this. Yeah. So, so tell us all about it. Sure. So,
1: so I'll, I'll go back about 23 years ago, actually, to, to, to actually come to this story because um, and I'm kind of learning about this right now, uh, because a friend of mine did a very good job in helping me figure something out about myself I didn't understand. And he titled it Unlocking Unseen Possibilities. And um, in the beginning, I didn't quite get it until he kinda was like, like, dude, every time I sit with you, you just find things that nobody else has seen and then you just unlock it. So this was when you were in your early 20s, right? Yeah, this is when I started my first internet service provider in Canada. So it was Canada Online uh, competing with AOL. And so we, at that time, had seen um, that internet was just just starting out. Uh, when, we say, when I say starting out, I'm talking like educating people to get onto the internet, not to yes. actually use it. This is a yes. completely different world. One of the, the most phenomenal things I saw at that time was a, a stat that said by year 2000, so this was in 1994, 95 approximately. Pre-Google. Pre-almost pre, pre everything. Anything, I'm talking yeah. websites were gray with uh, blue links and, a, and you'd be lucky to have a few yes. images. Which was a
0: domain name. Nobody knew what you were talking about.
1: Exactly. They were, they were I think, um, $120 a time. And then the next year they went to $70, right? What
0: happened was those days, just a quick story. Yeah. I thought I was in the UK, you were in Canada. And I thought the internet was the, was the future. And nobody believed it. Yeah. And so true. I went ahead and I bought the domain names of every single Premier League football club. Oh, brilliant. Uh, in the UK. I brilliant. had them for three years. I contacted Manchester United, Liverpool, and none of them wanted a website. So after three years of keep buying domain names, yeah, yeah. I just gave them away. Oh, you're kidding me. Honestly. Oh, How much would
1: those worth today?
0: I think I think I would have had to give it to them anyway really right, because they own the intellectual property rights yeah yeah. yeah. Um, because I think it happened to 20th century Fox maybe virgin or something but um, yeah so I like to think I saw it but I just didn't have enough um, there's some of the things I've learned in life that I should have persuaded longer I quit yeah when when people didn't see the future I quit
1: yeah I see when people start to think you're crazy and they say you cannot do it and um, I, here's the thing if people start telling me I have a great idea I actually get worried Mm-hmm. I'm probably not onto. Re- I'm not really onto something, but the minute people start saying, "Oh, it's, I don't think it's a great idea," or "I don't think people are going to accept it," I think I'm onto something because less people actually see it. The less people see something, the less friction there is to make something happen. Bigger opportunity,
0: exactly. Yeah. Much bigger opportunity, but isn't it most most more costly that way? Isn't it, it more the education process the yeah. education
1: process like so? let's go back to the nineties the education process was phenomenally expensive, right? Because we'd still have to use traditional advertising billboards, right? Yahoo, the famous Yahoo billboard on, on, on the highway there in Silicon Valley, uh, you, TV ads. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous today, uh, to educate consumers and acquire them. It costs pennies, right? An instant, an, an instant. Exactly. So we're, we're in a time and era with tools. That's just like, they're just sitting, waiting for you to solve their problems. They just, you just need to make them aware and they just pull them into your funnel. Absolutely. So so yeah, I, I would definitely say it's, 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 education is definitely a problem, but it's not as difficult as you think it is. In fact, I, I, to share a story with you, as we were introducing a new product at that time as we were scaling, uh, one of the co-founders in came Canada, to me. This is in Canada. No, this is, sorry, the Paramat. So, so let okay. me more, so yeah, so when we were scaling, we were introducing a new sort of disruption as well. Yeah. And he's like, how are we gonna educate people? I'm like, dude, that's what we've been doing for the last two, three years. That's a core competency. That's what we're good at right just like how we educated them about this product guess what we're gonna do we're gonna do that again and we're gonna do it again and again and again and we're not gonna stop because that's our core capability right we're just replacing the product and the disruption but the capability of educating and acquiring new customers is the capability right True. we should be of no fear of it so True. yeah Incredible. <laughs> yeah so yeah. let's go back you said Canada yeah. 20 odd so, years ago right so 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 what happened is and I've just learned this recently is the dust is settled so so I found that for the last 23 years i've been unlocking unlocking all these unseen possibilities uh, probably the biggest or most well-known of them is the last one which was times five which i i sold in january 1st of 2018 to a private fund um so let's 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 go back to where all this started uh, it basically started when i went for a pilgrimage with my wife uh, to mecca so we were there this is the first time there overwhelming experience i'm sitting there and from a distance there's this really old guy i mean his face was incredibly beautiful. He has one of those faces where you can kind of see the his history in his face. He got yes, the, the wrinkles, amazing. like this beautiful old sort of Bedouins yes, kind of face. Yes, he was just just beautiful Hard old man. skin. Exactly. But yes. But some life. Sword, you could sword, see his life. Exactly. His coming face. right through his face. shining through the wrinkles, right? And something about this guy just caught my attention. I don't know what it was. Um. And and I, for I, he just I we gravitated right. right. And he's trying to pray physically, but he can't. Uh, not that I'm sorry, not that he can't. It's very difficult, but he's just taking his time. Uh, he was so, so devoted. You watch
0: his struggle. Yeah. Physical struggle.
1: Yeah. This is a man that easily you can just say, "I need to use a chair," get away with not even doing it. But he was so devoted from inside. His spiritual inspiration was so strong. He, no matter how much pain, how long him he had to do it. And I just sat and watched this guy. And then I have what's called the intersective time. Uh, intersective time is when I stopped and I said, "Wow." This is my first time here. This is 1,400 years this has been happening. Yes. And this man who's 85 years old comes from a culture where he probably started praying when he was 10 or 15. So he's been doing this for 70, 75 years. And me and him collide at this point in time in history. And you spoke to him amongst thousands of people. Exactly. And, and that's when I stopped and I told my wife, I said, T- with today's technology, there's no reason why that man should be praying without p- with praying in pain. It's, it's so an impossibility. Expect,
0: when you say pain, because yeah. the listeners and the viewers don't sure. know what you mean by pain.
1: So what we found no. is that 52% of those who pray or meditate have knee pain. Okay. Now the, the surprise here, it's not because of the prayer process. The prayer process is actually very good for you. Because it's, it's movement. Things. Exactly. So it's what's called the one thirty-one forty flexion that actually helps the knee. So it's actually very good for you. The problem is the other forms of ergonomics that we have. So the chairs and, and the car. We found that 92% of all equipment that we actually use is not ergonomically designed for our physical well-being.
0: Great.
1: And one of, the, one of the things that we studied that, believe it or not, that was one of the best ergonomically designed products was the first-stage iPhone. Well, the early
0: generation. So Steve Jobs had a rule where when you do the thumb swipe. Everything on one hand using a thumb. Got it. Can you do that today? No. no? You You're can't. right. They've lost their way. they lost their way out of the window. Because he was obsessed yeah. by the hand, wasn't he? Yes. And he, was, he just wanted one button and the screen. You want to complete no.
1: simplicity. Today, I gotta have both both hands, and I got up like this. And I mean, it's if you awkward. yeah, if you counted how many uh, times you need to stretch in different ways and calculate that over you know a year or two. You recognize your body just on these little things, even text neck, which is a new phenomena. You know, just like like this all the time. I mean, happens. It happens, to, it happens to all of us, right? I'm sitting there in the morning. First thing, I'm trying to doing my email, and just the first pain. thing, and then I remember, right? I'm I'm now aware. So so even you know, it, it's all around us, right? So there was a miscommunication. Speaking of education in the beginning, people were thinking and saying, oh, uh, you should stop praying because you have pain, and we're like, no, that's not the case. Actually, you should be doing more because it's actually good for you. But you need to be aware of the other lifestyle issues, right? Yeah. And that's when, at some stage, so we'll talk about the branding and the marketing, how we actually found it, right? Because that happened after, right after you and I met. And that's just an amazing story in itself. And that strike of genius is what made that whole thing possible in a very unique way. Uh, but nonetheless, the flash of genius happened going to, to, to the pilgrimage. I came back and it, it, the idea just haunted me. So were
0: you in employment there or were you self-employed? You have no,
1: I was career? working actually for one of the top strategy firms in the world at that time. Um, and,
0: and I was actually, so I started my you career You were based in Dubai? Yeah, I was based between so Dubai and Washington. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah. tell me, you, just going back a little bit, we'll yeah. come back to the pyramid. Sure. So you were, in, you were born in Canada? Yes, that's right, yeah. And you lived there how long, and what brought you to US and
1: Dubai? And- so, okay, so my family immigrated to Canada in the 60s, right, so they've been there for about half a century. I was born there. Uh, I came to Dubai in my early mid 20s, okay, so I came with a lobbying firm based out of Washington that would lobby on behalf of the interest of the tech industry, and I met them in Silicon Valley because I'd started several tech companies, including Canada Online. And so they'd shown an interest in the way I developed strategy, and then that's how I actually ended up here and I ended up working with the government for a good period of time. Great time. It was the golden years in Dubai where um, I was their chief strategist heading up strategy to develop how the economy here would be developed. Uh, absolutely amazing times. Uh, the, 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 you know, I considered Dubai like my own product, right? So when I walk around, I see just a, a little glitch of any kind. I get really upset and people are like, what's wrong with you, right? right. So. So it's not that I complain, I'm just like, this has got to be perfect. This is the way Sheikh Mo wants I guess, it, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess
0: those days you were working with His Highness's private office, right? It was yeah. direct. It wasn't yeah. thousands of people you had to go through to get Yeah,
1: well. I mean, those days are very different. I mean, that's why I mean like golden days. So so in those days, um, Sheikh Mo was institutionalizing his decision-making because his...
0: And he was the crown prince at the time. He wasn't the, yeah, the he ruler wasn't of, kind of Dubai.
1: Exactly, yeah, exactly. He transitioned to ruler of Dubai and prime minister. So he became... Um, He jumped up several notches, right? And he was in so much demand for the country for his brilliance, of course. But he's human like the rest of us. He's stretched out, right? So, and we all face this problem, by the way. This is one of the things I tackle today with growth hacking, which is how do you scale yourself? How do you automate yourself? How do you institutionalize yourself? Um, it's, it's a serious problem, but but there's solutions to it, right? It's, it's 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 not an impossibility. So we can talk a little bit more about that. I would love to. Um, you know, but going going
0: back to the story, we have I mean, so many things to talk I, about. I, I, I know. We're I'll gonna bring here. You, we're gonna you back here all night, man. When I send you a different direction, I'll bring <laughs> you back then. So, <laughs> yeah. So 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 okay. So I. I so you came I, to Dubai. Yeah. You were involved in the strategy of du- the country going online. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And then, and then uh, I helped set up the investment office, which was the foreign investment office, uh, basically designed to bring FDI into the Emirate of Dubai. Uh, this was ignited out of a, a reform program that I was heading up at the time. It was a half a billion dirham program to reform the economic uh,
0: sector, funded by the government. Yeah, it's a
1: complete government. No, this is like one hundred percent government inside, working inside the uh, in, inside the machine itself. So this goes back to the unlocking the unseen possibilities. Because what happened is when we had that the the budget to pull this off. And then all of a sudden, you're like, well, you don't necessarily have as much money anymore. You kind of need to start thinking about really what you're gonna do. Be creative. Yeah, be get, creative. Get creative. Exactly, yes. be unique, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. be unique. Be very creative. And that's when, I, that's when I talk about foreign direct investment being the lifeblood of Dubai, and, and that plays a really critical element into how this place is gonna grow. And so we set up an office dedicated to that, and it's just been growing ever since. Uh, I believe in the first uh, two years, I mean, we're, and we're talking like 2009, right, when you know things were a bit, <laughs> things were tough. a bit tough yeah right? uh three billion dollars in FDI right I yes mean, that's just and that's mm. just that's with little friction yes yeah tells, tells you tells you a lot about how things work in about so, fantastic place
0: so yeah. your line of expertise was structuring things strategy strategy, strategy yeah. innovation and commercialization and you said yeah. something about raising funds as well yeah.
1: So as I okay. So so as I built all these different companies, I'm always finding myself raising money, right? I, I, and by the way, I, I've never enjoyed it. <laughs> sure. It's it's a painful process. I think you remember those days as well when we first met. I was also fundraising at that time. That led to, um, led to actually almost nothing, and then I put my own money in, which I usually start with anyways, and then another nine investors followed, right? They said, okay, we're putting in, we're putting in. And you had
0: skin in the game, so they were more comfortable exactly. and they said, right, he's put his life online, so yeah. let's, let's, let's commit to it.
1: Exactly, although I had skin in the game prior to it, but they don't see it like that, so. They don't value your time, they value your cash they, they, as well as. You the- nailed it, yeah, Like so I'd like to actually get to a point where I've got intellectual property that is actually registered and being manufactured, that costs money. Uh, but that's that's a long story. But anyways, I I, I put up my own money, and and that was one of the best things I did. I, you lead the way, let them come in. Uh, you need to have skin in the game. You need to get the right people. I was very lucky. I had uh, nine, nine, actually ten, um, excellent initial uh, shareholders that work with me to grow this business.
0: For, so for entrepreneurs like yourself, yeah, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs, and they tell me that it's very difficult to raise money. It is it's hard to raise money. Yeah, very tough. Are there other... People out, and then I speak to people. I say there's lots of people looking at investing. Yeah. But then I hear that some investors' investments are too small for yeah. some investors. It's ridiculous, right? It's so ridiculous. Yeah. key investors are looking for multi-million-dollar investments. Yeah. But if you want half a million dollars, it's too small for them. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. correct? That's that, that's a huge problem
1: in this region. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. So it's a huge problem in this region. Uh, I got a really good piece of advice from a guy from Endeavor based in San Francisco. He says, there are two types of people, those who create success and those who follow success, right? So the people you're talking about are people who follow success, mm-hmm. who, not the ones who create success. So if a little startup company came and all they needed $50,000 to ignite an app that was going to be a <laughs> next billion, they won't get it. They don't get it, exactly. Thank you very much. And, and the biggest problem is educating investors. Uh, I, this took me years to figure out. Um, mapping out the idea of, you know raising money for an innovation and then educating the investor I would end up spending more time and money and energy educating investors about something it, it, it takes your focus off your product exactly
0: right? I'm not focused on revenue do you find yeah. that there's more smart investors in different parts of the world definitely yeah, like yeah, yeah for yeah. instance yeah. Sil- Silicon Valley you yep. can have a coffee with three multi-billionaires yep. and They'll put $200,000, 300000 each or something. Yeah, or because
1: see, money. their equation is very different because they're a lot more mature and sophisticated in the process. So when you sit in half in the coffee and he puts $250,000 into your company. Not just is it nothing, but his equation is like, I'm going to put into 10 companies $250,000. One or two of them are going to make me... 10, 20, 30, 50, a billion dollars. The point is it's gonna cover the remaining eight or 10 plus, 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 right? So when you think like that, you get a lot more in the pipeline and you're more, you have an aptitude to more risk, but you also get a lot smarter in how you get people or, or, or the entrepreneurs you invest in. But the point is there's a lot of that happening. So it becomes a habit, right? There's not a lot of that happening, although that has changed by the way. So from 2010 up till today, the investment activities in this region have dramatically changed. I mean, they've, 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 they're, they're not at Silicon Valley level. They're not at, you know, Canada struggles too, by the way. It's d- a different size is. market, I guess, is Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so this market has got challenges because it's, it's not as big as we think it is. And uh, it's shrinking right now. And it's not scalable. Now, the biggest fallacy I've had with startup companies that I've invested in the region is they say, oh, we're, we're tapping into the MENA region, which is 22 countries, 350 million people. Try crossing a border with
0: product or service. So hot so hard, right? And also, yep. the dialect isn't exactly the same, is it? They say, oh, it's, it's yeah. the Arab world, they all speak Arabic, but it's not. It's not the same. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of
1: differentiation. Um, that, that can turn into many opportunities, actually, I'm but sure. the problem is the, I, I'll give you an example. So we had some documents we need to send to Saudi from the UAE in regards to our intellectual property. Each stamp is like 2,500 dirhams, but we need three, four of these stamps, I was like, like... Crazy. Yeah, and you try talking to a bureaucrat, like, excuse me, but, you know, we're trying to stimulate business here. No. It's uh, 2,500 dirhams a stamp. You kind of sit in there and like, it's just a
0: stamp. Yes. Yeah, They're right. just not business oriented. They're not. They're,
1: yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in the system. Um, that clogs it. That slows they, it down. Yeah.
0: Slows it down. So you it, yeah. for the young entrepreneurs who've got, let's say they got an app. Yeah. And it's going to change the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should they get on a plane and go to San Francisco and meet with investors or? Well, fund managers. That sounds like the smartest
1: thing to do, but what you got to start with was the people closest to you who actually believe in you, right? So, so family, friends, and fools. I mean, you really have to start there, right? Your your mom, your dad, your cousin, your friend, your neighbor who will be like, okay, I trust you, I like you, I'll give you $10,000, right? So the trick is not about how much money you get in the beginning, it's about what money you can actually access and how well you can use it, and then finally get to those points. Because see, today, Silicon Valley's changed a lot, right? In the 90s, which, I mean, the golden era of 90s, I love the 90s, I'm I'm a huge 90s guy, right? You would just walk in with an idea and you can raise money, right? That's not the case today. Today you need traction, right? And and to me that that does actually make sense. You, you need traction. I can't just say I have a, have it's a great kind idea. Of like
0: yeah, testing yeah. the market. It's market yeah. testing, isn't it? See if there's yeah. if there are people, there are thousands showing interest in your product line, correct? Exactly. And yeah, and you need them paying.
1: They don't have to be high paying. It doesn't have to be profitable. Your product doesn't have to be at, at top level where you want it to be. It can be just the minimum viable product, right? You just you just need you just need people to pay for it to prove that there's an actual market for yes. it. And then you gotta show how you plan to scale with that traction. If you so could, let's say you yeah. get that. You get yep. that.
0: Okay, you put your couple of hundred thousand dollars that you've got from friends, family, and fools. Yep. And you need to scale it. Yep. Yep. What happens then? What do you do then? I'm actually really interested because yeah. I've never had to raise money.
1: Really? Oh, that, that, that's so. brilliant. And by the way, that's the best position to be in. Yes. Um, if you're in a business where you don't need to raise money, you're actually a lot better off. If I'm to go back in history, there's a lot of companies that I would have never been able to grow unless I had raised money. So let's, let's look at both sides of the equation here. But at the same time, if I had more control in certain things or I was able to execute a bit quicker because of being a bit more grinded, situation could have been a lot different I don't regret anything in the past I always look forward so these are all learnings right so if you're in a business where you don't need to raise money don't raise a penny
0: I do know though if I had the ability or the know-how I could have scaled it many times faster and bigger than it is currently today yeah I just didn't know where to go I don't know and I still don't know didn't know don't know who do I call yeah yes is venture capitalist how do you know that they specialize in it and not this and that yeah 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 so how would you guide me if i came to you and said listen i've got a product i've got a company that's been running profitably but to make it the number one and dominate the market i need xx amount Yeah. so okay so for
1: starters you have more than one way to finance a scale right vcs are just one of them also, you can use debt. Um, you can use crowdfunding. There are many options today, right? So depending on what it is that you're actually trying to scale, you need to step back and structure it in a way that makes it work. So I'll give you a really simple example recently. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, an entrepreneur came to me. He's, he lives in Dubai. He's moving back to Pakistan. And he's discovered that the government is funding dairy farms, right? So I'm like, what? Dairy farms? <laughs> Big business, right? Okay. So, so he's raising $100,000, right? 10000 to buy the land and um, the rest is basically to operate. There's a guaranteed rate that comes out to, to sell uh, the milk at a specific yes. traded price.
0: they commit. The government commits to yeah. buying it. Exactly. Go sell in the open market. If you can't do it, we'll buy at this price. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it is a guaranteed flow of revenue, right? Yes. So,
1: uh, and I say, he said, I, you know, I'm gonna sell equity. And I was like, man, all you need is $10,000. What the hell are you talking about? Get the land, right? And then put the land against debt, pay out people guaranteed three to 5%. We can figure out the calculation then bring in the contracts that guarantee that they're buying the milk, build a massive trade business until you got the revenue to fund the premium business that you're doing. Uh, oh yeah, that would work. That's a growth hack, right? So it, 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 doesn't have to be so linear like that. I don't have to go to a VC. A VC is, um, they can be brilliant in many ways, but they can also be quite, uh, they can, they can take you backwards in many ways as well. So the secret to it that I've learned with time going back to the idea of education, um, this is going to sound very counterintuitive, but you want to go to an investor who's invested in a business exactly like yours. And if he they hasn't, get it. they some, understand. Exactly, it. something very similar. They're not going to slow yeah. you down when you've got to justify no. every single no.
0: dollar that you spend on your business. Exactly,
1: right. exactly. So, so when I tell entrepreneurs that the first time I say, oh, but they're funding my competition, I'm like, that's exactly what they want. If these guys are smart, they want to fund three, four guys gaining market share that they've got access to all of them. They want to dominate. They want to dominate so it it flips the mindset for a lot of these startup companies and this' is and a they're hard not going to learn. take
0: your information and give it to your competitors well you say you, you should still be careful y- yes y- yeah you, you never know so. but but yes.
1: the, the point is like I mean, you, you got to be uh, you got to be smart about it right I mean you, you still don't know but the but the chances of you getting traction with someone who knows what you're talking about is a lot faster and easier and less costly than you going educating a guy halfway across the world about this whole new business at the end you gonna say yeah, I still don't get it so yeah you're a lot better off like that you need to find somebody who understands you do you think
0: it's easier to raise money now than 10 years ago no
1: I found money with time has gotten more difficult to raise although we've got new channels to do that like crowdfunding and 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 so forth Um, but the regulatory barriers that have come around it um, the amount of volume you can actually uh, fundraise through crowdfunding uh, intellectual property right issues that come around it uh, it's got its own challenges Um, the amount of channels to raise money have have gotten better, but I I haven't found it easier to raise money with time. You would think it would, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Going back to the prayer mat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Back so, to the prayer mat. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I meet you. Yeah.
0: And uh, it was incredible the the challenges that you had because you, yeah, you correct me if I'm wrong. You made and manufactured this unbelievable uh, prayer mat. You were working on the design. Yep. And then you found out when you roll the mat, it actually doesn't fold properly. Yeah, so we... Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, when yeah. When you roll yeah. it, because oh, yeah, so we. Totally the
1: disproportion
0: uh, of the, the yeah, 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 length. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I,
1: I'm so glad you remember that, because... You're one of the very few people who probably witnessed the very end of our R&D. So we did about 139 prototypes before we ever got to production. So every reiteration had a problem, right? One would be weight. One would be the 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 the, the folding, like you talk about. One would be the colors, right? The other would be being able to pack it. Um, then the actual technology itself. So, so you wouldn't be able to solve all these things in one prototype and that's that's a huge misconception you're going to have to move quickly through iterations very quickly and you you witnessed it right yes. we we uh, we had discoloration problems, I think at probably that time. We, I remember we had the tubing around it was, wasn't actually uh, constructed right because of the process yes. of putting the layers together. So, so we would have to go one by one, but as fast as possible, 139 prototypes. Most people will give up by the fifth time. Most people get discouraged by the third attempt, right? So they say there's just nothing in it. But perseverance pays. Um, it's
0: painful. Did you ever think about quitting? I did at one stage. I mean, I I, I guess it was yeah. affecting the quality of your life, right? Because you were investing yeah, yeah, time yeah. and money and everything into that. Oh, I probably almost quit before that.
1: Like there was a stage where the technicalities were just so complex um, that it was it was it felt like almost impossible. But I knew that it was possible. I just I just wasn't looking at it in the right way. So I actually took some time off. I took two months off to rethink. You? I, that's a lifetime I know the yeah speed, yeah you know, yeah 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 man I, I felt like I was the end of the world for me right but I had to because my mind my soul my everything just needed to reformat somehow right and my wife would ask me daily like, are you not working on this have you given up and I hear I hate to hear the word have you given yes. up I said I haven't given up but she's like you're not doing anything I am but it's just not visible yet just,
0: I'm really just we, my batteries right uh, yeah and clear yeah. my mind and exactly. clutter that's going on exactly. and all the negative Talk that's going on like, in your head. Exactly. It yeah, may not yeah. work. It's, maybe it's the wrong yeah. idea. Da, da, da.
1: Yeah, having the wrong people on your team as well. I mean, having to have to change some of those things um, is very frustrating. I mean, we all go through that, and it could be really. Um, I mean, it, it, it was frustrating. I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing that's great is easy. Let's put so, it like that. Yeah. So,
0: you saw the old man. Yep. And you see him struggling to yep. pray. Yeah. You've done all your research. Yep. So, what was your vision? My Tell us vision what, what was the what was the vision of this? math that you're going to create i'm not going to say too much yeah. i want you yeah, to tell yeah. us that was going to assist people with their aches and pains while they were
1: praying so my vision was something called the physio-spiritual experience right where the physical and spiritual experience are in complete comfort so that you can focus on on what is whatever spiritual system or process that you follow so on the product we used to have a promise it was the sticker where you pull out it says you focus on prayer we'll focus on keep you comfortable and that's our promise oh, wow. to you and that's the guarantee that we'd always give Um, And we'd give a one-year warranty, which was never even heard of. Um, Basically, if if there's any dissatisfaction one year, we would replace the product on the spot. Um, we were the only premap manufacturer in the world at that time, forget all the technology. There's, there's other
0: companies coming to the market? Well, oh, we had a lot of people copy us, yeah, yeah I
1: mean, I, I mean, that's just, that's just normal. That's, I mean, once they start copying you, uh, I remember calling my lawyer, I'm like, hey, we got a copycat. He's like, congratulations, you've just been validated. <laughs> it, it is, it's a, it's a serious validation. The thing about copycats that so you got to understand.
0: They'll never get it
1: right. They'll never get it right. And because, they'll never keep yeah. fixing and improving yep.
0: because you, you're moving, you're moving ahead because you, exactly. it's your life, it's your passion.
1: And they don't understand how you did it. So I can go copy how an iPhone looks like, but I may not, like, so the swipe, right? They didn't understand the swipe. So let's make the screen bigger so the customer can see more. But what they didn't understand was the thinking and the logic and the research behind it, right? And that applies to everything, including even the experience around it where where um, the customer service itself. So so being in, in a spiritual business, people would naturally have low expectations of delivery. <laughs> sure. it, it, it's just one of those sure, things. Sure. We changed that. We're like, next day, at at your door, next day. Customer service, accessible 24 it. hours day.
0: Because yeah. before, they had to go to some kind of a dirty shop, when yeah. they, the, the, the carpets were hanging, they yeah. had to pick it up. It was just nothing that uh, customers wanted service, did they? They just want yeah. to pick it up and use it and that's it. That's it, exactly. And, and what's the
1: strange thing is we did uh, some research in the beginning to look at what would be some of the common sort of spiritual products in a, in a, in a typical household. And we found that prayer mats were 3.17, 3.14 times per person in a home, which sounds ridiculously high, yes. right? So when we looked at bit deeper at it, it's one of the top gifting items that someone would give someone else. And they just store it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But we tapped into the gifting concept. Right. So 52% of my revenue was we're literally gift. just gifting and 81% of my customers were women who understood gifting and quality way better than men. But we didn't understand that at the time, That's but we amazing. learned very quickly. Did you get yeah. into
0: stores or did you go online or both? So
1: we, okay, so our first failure point is we tried to do distribution. You probably remember that, yes, right? So
0: everyone's like, yeah, you gotta get an agent. And what's well, my margin and this and that, and then your it, pricing is so ridiculously high yeah. that you're gonna, gonna it wasn't working. any. It
1: yeah. wasn't working because of the commercial mechanics, but there was another reason it wasn't working that most people did not see. So. Imagine um, you walk into a department store and you're a whole new category, where do you fit? I'm not an no, appliance, yeah, so. I'm not bedding, I'm not uh, kitchenware. So what they do is they start kind of fitting you into one of these things, and then you just keep falling down the distribution system. On top of that- it takes time. It, not just that, you're competing on margins, not product. And I, distribution system was, was not gonna work. So I went direct. Smartest decision we made is we went direct and digital. We changed the whole game by doing that. Uh, my shareholders were extremely scared because they believed that, that getting a distributor would take the risk away um, and I told them it's actually the complete opposite. Um, to take the risk away, we need to be in direct connection, owning the customer relationship so that we can basically I mean, cultivate that relationship which worked out very well for us because it just kept generating us more and more referral business and, and that's what it's built
0: on. Great, fantastic. And congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Also, something that I remember as you were speaking was that you were talking about um, getting some influencers to use your products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that go?
1: Well, you probably remember my first one, don't you? I do. Yeah, you wanna you wanna say the secret? No, you please say. <laughs> I want you to do that. <laughs> the story is interesting. Um, Muhammad Ali, yes, the boxer, yes. Um, I reached out to him through a contact of mine. Uh, he used to work with him.
0: You, that would have been 2012, right? No, no. Prior to that. Because I, I was invited. I, I, I met Muhammad Ali in 2011. So it so, would have been around it, the same time. It would have it? been the same time, but after
1: that. like, But within the same year. Not 2012. Because 2012, I think he turned 70. And that's when he had his 70th birthday party. And, uh, and then I think he passed away two, three years after that, did he? He
0: passed away uh, three years ago. Three years ago, right? So would it, so yeah, it would have been uh, four, four uh, 16, 2016 yeah he passed away. Exactly. So so tell me, because so I, I have a Muhammad Ali story to I, tell, know, well. so I know, tell I know, I know, because I, I remember that's
1: how we, that you, like, you surprised me when you start talking about Muhammad Ali and then I think I, I double surprised me, like, you know, we're actually working on something. so.
0: So, so he was managed by um, an entertainment company, and I, I don't remember the name. But he sold his eighty uh, percent of his name, didn't he? he yeah. Eighty percent of his brand. I think it was eighty million dollars they paid. For. It was uh, 80 uh, million fifty million. or eighty, something like that. Yes. It was a huge it's amount. It's been resold again. Yeah. Uh, to the guys who oh. own uh, the Michael Jackson brand, Elvis, Marilyn Monroe. Really? Wow.
1: Yes. Well, these guys paid a lot of money for his name, and they had a lot of control in what happens. So, my pitch to him was, you know, Muhammad Ali, you're the champion of the world, right? But the icing on the cake is showing people the compassion and spirituality of what you stand for, which drove you to become the champion. That's what I would love you to be remembered for, at least in my world. And he was blown away. Showed him the product and everything, and his management team were blown over the idea. And they came to me with a licensing agreement uh, to license the name. And I said, I don't want licensing, I want an endorsement. And they're like, sorry, but he's officially retired. He cannot endorse something after he's retired. I said, I don't think we can do very much unless he actually endorses yes, it yeah um, it won't work the funny thing I was getting some advice from my w- wife at the time and she's like well if you put Muhammad Ali's name I mean your neighbors also named Muhammad Ali another the guy there's name like how there's a generation that may not actually know him yeah, unless they we... actually see him right wow. and my, my wife had an excellent point but I knew at that time unless we got endorsement rather than just licensing it would have done yeah so it didn't work yeah. out but from that so he stage, didn't,
0: it didn't work.
1: It didn't work, it didn't work. Wow. But, but they were in negotiations with, and they came back and they... Really, so they basically know. wanted cash, right? So yeah, I mean, to me it's not... See, If it was an endorsement, I have no problem paying it, mm-hmm. honestly speaking. But if it's licensing, um, it should be an endorsement and licensing actually combined ideally. But endorsement is where the power is. Yes. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I went to Louisville, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, I the Ali Center. Yeah. And I wish I'd never gone. Really? Why? Because... It broke my heart. Really? Because to me, Muhammad Ali was just my hero. And then I realized uh, that he had been taken advantage of. Oh. You know, just like any old boxer. Yeah, yeah, 60-70% uh, yeah. of the equipment in the center didn't work. Oh. Uh, there were names of the investors like Brad Pitt, Angel- Angelina Jolie, Sheikh Mohammed. All these people that put a million dollars or above into the place. And um, I don't think people in Louisville, Kentucky appreciated it. Wow. They felt like, actually, is Muhammad Ali part of Louisville? Because he actually went, he left, he went to, I think, um, another, another part of the country <laughs> to do all his training, okay. although he was born there. So they didn't appreciate it and they didn't realize it was a self-funding center. They felt, the public, that it was something that the, their council had put in okay. and there was hardly any investment. Wow. So it, i got there and all my dreams, everything else were just blown away. Blown away. Well that's uh yeah, it broke my heart. Really. Uh, but I'd started a campaign if you recall. Yeah. If I hadn't gone to Louisville Kentucky, I wouldn't have built this company today. Really? I was um, I started a campaign to open up an Ali Centre in the UAE. Okay. For three years I chased my dreams, got knocked back and I opened up a Facebook page. i would never been on Facebook and I sent oh. uh, I wrote a newsletter open up a page called, I think it was the Ali Center UAE. Okay. And um, I posted a letter in there, saying if 50 of you support me, I will continue chasing my dream to open up an Ali Center. That wow. mirrors what it is in Louisville, Kentucky, in Dubai. Because okay. he brings the most famous athlete on the planet, it bridges the gap between the west and the east, and yep. people will be more aware of uh, the values of Islam, and you know forgiveness, and so yep. forth, and respect, and also, there's lots, lots of obesity here, yeah, yeah. And part of his curriculum was to find the greatness within, within. The children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just fitted perfectly. So I wrote the letter saying that it was an emotional letter, saying that all I remember was age of four. Uh, all I remember from my father who passed away at age of four. He used to get me up early hours in the morning in Iran, and have me on his knees watching the Ali fights. Oh, wow! So all I remember of my father is watching the Ali fights. Oh, you're kidding me! So I wrote this letter. And I said, if fifty of you support me in the morning, I will chase my dream. I went to, but you don't know this, no? No, no I no, no. never told you. This. And uh, I woke up in the morning. I had over one thousand followers. Wow! Within two weeks, i had over forty thousand followers. Oh, you're kidding me! And I get a call from uh, America, saying, "Can you be available at eleven o'clock at night?" We got home, put the mobile phone on the table. It rang. Loni Ali, Mrs. Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. Muhammad Ali's wife on the phone, wow. and he said, uh, Mohammed's heard about your campaign. He'd like to meet you." Wow! So, at that time, I didn't have much money. I was trying to build a business, and I was a consultant selling my time. But the question I kept asking was, "How can I have a business where I'm not selling my time? Because if yeah. I'm selling my time, yeah. I'm limited to my earnings. There's only so much time in a day, and I was leading to another heart attack. Yeah. Literally, I was exhausted." And, Two, three clients a day who want blood from you. You know what it's yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I went to Louisville, Kentucky, and I was just about to walk in. By that time, I had sixty thousand followers. I had the government of India contact me. Government of Egypt contact me. saying yeah. They wanted the Ali centers. So I was sitting in a restaurant, thinking, actually, how rude of me not to keep in touch with these followers. Because if it hadn't been for the followers on Facebook, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So yeah. I took a picture of. Ali Center board and the menu saying I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, just about to go and see Muhammad Ali, and I posted it and 7,000 people responded wow. within five minutes, and wow. I was like, even telling you this story now, that was 2011. Wow. Even telling you this story now, the hair stands my, my body all over my body, and and right there and then, I thought, this is a small stadium stadium of people that I've just I've influenced or affected or supporting me or they changed my life and on the back of a handkerchief I wrote a business plan to open up a social media company good for you I had 40 odd clients and I thought if I charge less than a T-boy okay um, and do this social social media management at the time it was only Facebook yeah and would they pay me $500 $600 a month I got back and I signed 20 clients in the first month wow so it became a business wow yeah so Muhammad Ali really did change my life Wow. Although the experience... Directly and indirectly. Yeah, although the experience itself wasn't a wowing one. Yeah. It was a bit disheartening. And obviously, to see him suffering like he had done. Because in your head, you see him yeah. as a that sportsman. You see him the on stage. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Even yeah. shaking. But to see him not being able to feed himself wow. on a wheelchair, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. It's amazing how these little inspirations in life can
1: really change everything. We take change them for everything. granted at that time. And I would say it's like one little tiny idea can
0: literally change everything, like Steve Jobs said. Thing. When you look back, the dots somehow connect.
1: They somehow connect, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I I that was an amazing talk. I can't, was at Stanford, I think it was, mm-hmm. right? And he talks about connecting the dots, and and that's exactly with this Unleak, so, uh, unlocking unseen possibilities. When my friend found that, and I went back to connect the dots, and I was like, that's what I do. I was like, that, that's exactly what I do and I, I need to scale what I do somehow right now I'm trying to scale myself <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dying to know
0: about that so let's go yeah. back again to the frame yeah. yeah, right? yeah, so yeah, yeah. the Ali, Muhammad Ali didn't work right? didn't work out you didn't, didn't quit, work out. you yeah. didn't give up we didn't give up, no 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 I mean, this was,
1: I mean the fact that, that he said yes and was inspired to do this yes. got me even more fueled up although it didn't even work out the way I wanted it to but the point that I was able to get that kind of traction said a lot about where I was going uh, and the ability to get someone like that says a lot. Um, he's probably the biggest influencer I probably pitched who said yes to me anyways. Yeah. But uh, what I learned with time is that you don't really need big influencers. You need so them. how do
0: you get the market to listen to you and pay attention to you? And because it's never been done before, right? It's never been done before, right? So what got people to listen was this,
1: that the story was so from left field it would just naturally catch your attention. Space technology and spirituality are two things is that don't necessarily it's not like peanut butter and jelly, right? So, it's awkward. It, it will it will catch your attention and then you'll get very curious
0: and there's a lot of mystery behind the two. Do you find that the without being prejudiced or generalizing is that not all your consumers had access to the computers or internet or I don't think so. I mean uh-huh. I think we're at a time and
1: age where the penetration rates are so high even if someone i mean we would have some customers who would have his cousin who's using the internet get it for him right but that was a rarity i mean that and you said 50% was uh, or high percentage was gifts right yeah so yeah 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 everything online i mean people people who were buying from us preferred online anyways cuz it was just easy i mean we, Do you go yeah. through retailers like
0: amazon or you go direct yourself? no we did direct we did direct
1: mm-hmm. so so we would use soup.com we we actually went out on a campaign to get into as many channels as possible And that had its own set of challenges as well. So the biggest success we found was with, I'll tell you where, loyalty programs
0: and Visa. We had an international uh, partnership with Visa. So the points that people collated, they could take that as a gift, and then Visa paid you the... Exactly, because you feel it's
1: free, right? You've actually really paid for it, but you feel it's free and they Because it was a
0: premium product at the time, right? Exactly, Mm
1: -hmm. exactly. And my biggest partner at that time was Intahad Airlines. So our demographic, um you know our target our demographic target audience everything just matched up very well so we made
0: a lot of money with them Amazing. a lot of money with them. Amazing yeah, yeah yeah so you sold yeah. that business 2018 yeah but you've been busy before right because yeah. you're doing other things space tell me well the when i was building the product
1: you know we were using space technology yes. right and we had a, a former nasa uh, scientist who used to work with me as my partner not 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 formally but informally he was trying to help me out and um, that is how I got on the radar screen of NASA. So they were like, what the hell is this guy working on? What is this all about? Because he got a, a, a slap on the wrist, right? Like, could- oh, did
0: he, for sharing some information or knowledge?
1: No, he's not. I mean, uh, they have him working on specific things and this is out of scope. And so they could, it can raise some suspicion. Like, is this in conflict? Obviously it's not, and that's what raises their interest. And so we had several conversations after that. And then- At first it was just to get their approval, right? Well, it wasn't really more approval. They they become so fascinated scientifically behind what we were doing because we were using space technology. They l- literally came through my friend said, I mean, you know, you qualify as a space certified space technology company. And, and I was like, I have no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, why don't you come to the US? Let's have a conversation. So I became the 43rd company in history to be certified uh, through the US Space Foundation, which is a part which is basically the technology transfer arm of NASA, right? So we became a um, you know part of the NASA family. They have
0: hundreds of thousands of patents, haven't they? Yeah, they got about sixteen
1: thousand patents. Uh, patents. So at okay. some stage, they make it available to people like myself who can help commercialize. So you have yep. access to those? Uh, yeah, I mean, many people can actually get access to it. They just don't know how. Uh, to be honest with you, there there are certain pro. See, okay, so this it's, it's a good question because. Um, a lot of these big organizations do a lot of R&D that's not very commercializable, right? So having
0: 16,000 patents sitting on the shelf doesn't mean very much, actually. that's it's just dormant. Yeah, it's just dormant.
1: Uh, and, 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 and you got you thousands and
0: thousands, thousands of others that they utilize, but these are the sixteen yeah. thousand that are just sitting on the shelf dormant.
1: They don't have value unless you can commercialize them. Absolutely. It's just the bottom line. And that's, that's where they had a lot of interest in what I do. Uh, as a space tech company, I became profitable in 18 months. Uh, that's that's the fastest they've ever heard of a, a space technology company become profitable in such a short We We actually became profitable slightly before that, but um, they became so interested in how we did that. I'd get called in into investment forums, innovation forums that they'd run to, to talk to other space companies about how we did it and how we can help them. And that got me an, an appointment about a year ago as a judge on the Space Hall of Fame, uh, which is basically seven judges appointed to work with seven companies, other space tech companies, on how to commercialize technology. Is it was televised or...? No. no. uh, Well, there's a lot of intellectual property issues, so it's very... uh, You can't go publicly. Yeah. I mean, there's a ceremony that is conducted at the end of the year where they're recognized for what they do. Um, There's a paper that goes out, which is a one-pager that talks about the company, but it doesn't really go behind the scenes. Uh, But I think that would be a great idea. (laughs) They should probably think of it. Let's let's write it down. Yeah, yeah, this is something they can do. Amazing. So
0: tell me about what was NASA experience like? The most interesting
1: thing, they're the one organization of all the organizations I've worked with in that time period that probably
0: gave me the most support. Um, I got... And it's not the private companies, government run, right? So yeah, to yeah. have that support from a government run company is very
1: rare. Yeah, you? I mean, so, so they can't endorse private companies and they didn't and nor do, nor do they. But what happened is, okay, so first off, they featured me in spin-offs. It's an annual magazine that features their top innovations, okay? That's the first thing. The second thing is the they took me... the...
0: The product was the
1: Paramount. Exactly. And then they took me to South of South, uh, which is one of the largest innovation uh, conferences in the world. And it was being inaugurated by uh, Obama at the time. So they wanted to show the public about what NASA does that's pretty cool in space tech and I got featured. So so there was a lot of really interesting um, support mechanisms that they gave me. I never asked for them. Every time I would be completely shocked uh, that they did this. I think a large part of it, which is an inspiring story in itself, is when you get inaugurated. um, They kind of float the invitation around internally among their leadership, who's going to do the actual ceremony. And I, I was lucky. Jim Kennedy, who's the uh, nephew of JFK, who ran the Kennedy Space Center, was the guy inaugurated me. What's interesting about him was when he first met me. He's like, you know, I read your story. You scared me. And then, I, and, then I, and then I got to know you a bit deeper, and then you inspired me. Wow. I looked at him, I said, I speeches, I don't know what time I'm about to get on stage and give a keynote speech. He's like, I've worked on half a million space technology transfers. And the only one that I have worked on that matches the number one reason that the Space Act was passed by Congress in 1956 was the embitterment of mankind. He's like, you are at the heart of that. And today is why I'm here blown away and I'm about to get on stage to give a keynote speech and I'm already speechless, right? Uh, so, so yeah, it was... It, it, I got more support out of organizations in the U.S., especially NASA, than I would in this region. Although I was targeting this region. Did that turn
0: into capital? For, did that turn into profits for you? No, not
1: directly, no. Uh, it was more or less credentials that, that would validate what we're doing. So yes. it wouldn't be like someone say, oh... Indirectly, yeah, it helped you. Big time, mm-hmm. big time, big time.
0: Since then, have you done any work with NASA? They've appointed me
1: as a judge, uh, so that's basically my engagement point at this uh, at this time. Um,
0: I don't know what else will happen. We'll see. Can you tell me uh, again, going off track? Yeah. Why is it that all these billionaires are talking about space and uh, living on Mars, and living on the moon, and space travel? Well, why? What's so <laughs> apart from the fact that uh, they just. They want to conquer the universe, yes? Yeah, yeah. What, why is there so much interest in... Well,
1: there's a lot of money in it, right? So. Well, to live on Mars. No, okay, here's how it works. Or set up, set up
0: a TV station or something. Yeah. Well, okay, be the it's, first it's to have uh, a radio, it's virgin that could radio. That part of
1: it, but if you look at the bigger picture, the space industry needs to commercialize, right? And what it hasn't been good at is, is actually commercializing, right? So NASA is having funding problems. They've been having funding problems for years, right? And so I think by 2024, they said they're going to put the next... Um, man on the moon, right? And if you look at when the last time they had done it... 70. Yeah, it, it's a long time ago. But mm-hmm. it, the most interesting NASA was established in, I think, 59, and they went to the moon in 69. So in one decade, with that amount of technology as that time period, compared to this, it doesn't make sense. So just, obviously, something is disconnected. A lot of it has to do with funding, right?
0: So they it need was to a commitment f- from Kennedy, wasn't it? it said, we will before the end of the... Decade will have men on the moon. Am I yes. right? Yes.
1: Yeah. yes, Yeah. And they did it. Yeah. And they did it. after he passed. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Because um, yeah. Elon Musk, with his SpaceX, he's just gone into the, uh, the the old shelves of what NASA had worked on, and realised there were some really good patents there, really good products, yep. and, and he just reused and, and, and them and then bettered what they have been doing.
1: Yeah. And there's money to be made up because you see, NASA is a um, they're responsible for universal air control, right? That that's their. Large part of their mandate but commercializing it is not their thing huh? so they have to create the infrastructure and the opportunities and the ability for the elon musks of this world to commercialize the space because there needs to be a flow of more money to enable that whole ecosystem to work um recently there was a, an um an integration i guess you can say between air control and space control so nasa is working much closer with the uh, Air Force they have a lot of other forms of R&D So, and they have their own commercialization capabilities internally as well so so as I've learned spending time with them uh, commercialization is the cornerstone of what they need to do that's their future they need to find how to take do that do you know the size the of money. NASA
0: how many people work there I don't know I no idea it would be interesting yeah. I'd love to know how many people work in the Russian space industry compared yeah. to NASA it would be, yeah. Yeah, be interesting and the enough. funding how much money each have because yeah. the Russians are extremely smart yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very really lean. <laughs> yeah, and they're also really, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. now they're sharing. They're sharing. You know, There's they, some yeah. astro- U- U.S. astronauts that go on the Russian rockets. Well, they're,
1: they're all they're all sharing now because yeah. it, it's not commercially viable to work
0: alone anymore. So yeah. why why should it be commercially viable to send the man on Mars? Well, are okay. they going to dig gold out of there or something, or is it going to dig out some liquid we've never had before? Well, How okay. would they send the liquid here? Do they have clear gases that they can? pump into earth to get better oxygen.
1: Added? Okay, so let's go back to the example. How is it going to
0: save the human race? right?
1: Well, okay, so the
0: answer is in the permat,
1: right? <laughs> okay. No, yep. no, it is because, because the reason the enactment of the Space Act by Congress, the first mm-hmm. point is to enhance mankind. Okay. So to find and discover technologies and methods to go to space, push the boundaries of science and technology that enable to move humanity forward. For. So you'll find that space tech is a lot deeper into your life than, than you would know. GPS, uh, titanium teeth, the, the the Canadian arm now used for surgeries that the, the human hand cannot do. The, the implication of space tech is so big, you just don't see it or know it, yes. and it's because the boundaries of technology are pushed in space. And why is that? I mean, the most amazing thing about spirituality and space for me is when you go into the unknown. There, there are no, there are no reference points. There are no structures, although people try to create them or invent them as they go along. But in reality, when you're out there, you're you're just out in the
0: middle of nowhere. And lots of Astronauts turn into religion, don't they? They go very spiritual. They do. When yeah, they come yeah, back.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. They they heavily connect with because it's like I said, when you're breaking those boundaries and you're consistently working in the unknown, and you make a discovery in the unknown, you're like, how is this possible? This wasn't created by just some guy. No, it's who, not yeah. a coincidence. It's not a coincidence.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. It's not a coincidence. So maybe you don't know. Maybe you do know. And I'm just going to challenge. Yeah, you yeah, and yeah, ask yeah, you. yeah. Absolutely. Go for it. Ten o'clock forward, five hundred or a thousand years. Do we have? a population on Mars? Do we have a population on other planets? Wow. What are they doing? You know, What's going to happen to our planet? There's a lady I know at NASA. If you met her,
1: you'd think she's pretty crazy. But I think she's on to something. Uh, she's created a new space law. Uh, there are new laws and regulations and ethics systems designed for how to live in space. Okay. And she has a vision where people will populate and live in space. Uh, I think she's on to something. I think many people can't uh, absorb it or understand it. Um it's kind of weird when you're thinking like, but well, we still got so much room on Earth, right? why would we go out there? but it's about breaking the boundaries of science and technology to advance
0: mankind, yeah, but we're already worried about the environment and yeah how things are changing and turning, and three, four generations, two generations down the line, we could be endangering the human race if we don't yeah. change Take the, way we live today, life yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree yeah. amazing, yeah Incredible. Totally agree what I can't understand is how they take and, and, and they can be in space six months one year two years and have water air yeah, 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 yeah. it's incredible
1: yeah. it takes nine months I think we get to Mars you've got to stay there nine months and then nine months to get back so this psychological ability to last in a small space with limited materials which would almost virtually impossible to carry with you to last that long yes. um, the, just the psychology behind sitting with the same people for 18 months sure. also like your body alters right because yeah. in in oh, yeah. space
0: you don't need your muscles uh, reducing size yes. and yes yeah amazing one of the companies I was judging
1: uh, and there's a oil. waiting
0: list of people who want to be astronauts
1: yeah yeah I mean, a lot of people want to go to space yeah this is commercialization, right? A lot of people yeah, space man. <laughs> and new form of tour- tourism. So, there was a company that I was judging. I called it o- Oyo. So, they were mandated with the, um, the machines, uh, the what do you call it? the muscle machines, right? The, the workout machines. Yes. So, like you would have in a gym, you'd have all these, the, you'd have it stacked up to here with the muscle thing, and, and it's huge, right? And it's heavy. And they'd take it onto the space station, the space station would go Ooh, like this. <laughs> so, what he did is he came up with this um, friction. Something. Yeah, it is. This is okay. So these layers of these uh, discs, and each one discs have this rubber, and they all come from the middle. And then when you twist once like this, you can get ten kilos, Heavy, fifty yeah. kilos, and so you just keep going in the same spot. It's as light as it's. The, the thing is very light, takes very little space, but you can still get the same amount of pressure required to exercise so the body. Astronauts
0: will have to exercise yep. certain period of time every day to make sure that they maintain the muscle. One hundred percent. 100%.
1: Yeah, being an astronaut is not easy. And we had our own astronaut, Bob Springer. So we, so I initiated a non-profit organization called Get to Space. It's designed to get 2 billion people to space. Although, That's what I was looking Yeah, for. although it's not literally do that. So what it, okay, What we're trying to do is we're trying to inspire the, the Arab and Muslim world to understand their contribution in science and technology to space. Their contribution
0: is massive. So it wasn't it was massive. like either get them there or get spaced out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're already spaced out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever works, whatever works, <laughs> yeah. man. whatever works.
1: Technicalities, yeah. right? technicalities, yeah. exactly. So, so it, was, it was an initiative to inspire people yeah. and, and it went really, really well. Um, I, I did a keynote talk in Cairo in 2015. I had 1500 people in one talk sign up to become astronauts.
0: Crazy. It, it's wild. I hope you took yeah. a deposit of every one of them. Yeah, I should have, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> non-profit, non-profit. a thousand dollars yeah. each. Yeah. We crashed,
1: we crashed. And I called up the guys at the US Space Foundation, I was like, I just got like 1,500 people who want to become astronauts. Like, they're like, excuse me, what, 1,500? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't believe how much demand there is oh, out nice. here. Yeah. But being qualified to actually be an astronaut is a different story. You have to be so physically fit, um, it, it, I, I, I couldn't do it. But you need to be physically, very, very fit. Mentally,
0: physically. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy, man. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. So um, what are you doing now? so now um
1: i'm rediscovering myself so i'm looking at unlocking unseen possibilities and helping other companies to do that one of the things i look at very closely is growth hacking so it's an area i've been uh, developing for the last uh, year uh, year or so
0: is that another way of saying scaling scaling up
1: scaling is part of it so it's not necessarily that so so I had an interesting incident that I put a video on in social media actually yesterday and today. So I did uh, Google ads uh, for my yes, YouTube videos, I, I watched right? That, yes. Right, and I put hack, and yes. and then And then, then the, the adverts didn't go out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then like unethical. You're, distrib- you're What? You're promoting unethical mm-hmm. behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I go look at the policy, and the word hack and hacking and hacks and all the derivatives of hack is there. So I call them up and I'm like, hey, this is not right, and they're like, oh yeah, okay, we'll fix it. I went through. Uh, yeah, by the way, it takes 24 hours every time you ask something. It's crazy. So, six days in a we We're state, an
0: online agency, right? You, you know this. That, you know when this, that goes yeah. down and we have to wait 24 hours, do you know what? our clients? They're going crazy. I know. Because it just takes that long. It doesn't make sense. I, mean, I, I don't get it. But the point was that I called
1: these guys up. and I was like, listen, first off, you're selling the words. So, you're ready to take my money but you're saying no because your AI doesn't understand the context of hack, right? Okay. By, by natural connotation we think hacking is, is a bad thing, right? But in today's pop culture term, you've got you know biohacking, right? We've got life hack, we've got growth hack, we've got science hacks, right? What is a hack? A it's hack is a disruption. shortcut. It's a disruption. It's exactly. a shortcut, oh, it's, it's a shortcut, right. Short okay. right? Like how do I get from one to a million faster, cheaper, easier than I did before? That, that's a hack, right? A productivity hack, a body hack, right? How do like bulletproof coffee is an excellent example of a biohack, right? How do I stimulate my mind not using sugar but using fat as as as, as an energy source? Works awesome, right? That's a biohack. So, is that unethical by nature? No, it's not. I, I call them unargued, and, and with all respect to Google, by the way, just look at both sides of the story. I'm glad that they're taking a highly responsible position because. Um, you just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. So I respect it, but they need to have a better system to be able to understand the context of what's
0: actually. Maybe going because to. they're so big. They are so yeah. big. The numbers. Yeah. I mean, we have over, I think, 500 clients wow. every single day paying into the Google account and social media, like your Facebook, yeah. Twitter, and so forth. Yeah. So can you imagine? Wow. Multiply that by millions. yeah It's very difficult to do a customer relation. It is. Experience. it is I mean considering
1: that fact they're actually doing a pretty good job when you think yes. of the volume but there's a lot of room for improvement so when I um, made these videos I actually tagged them in hopes that they would pick up no, on my no, head yes <laughs> no, So like still you, not gonna no, it, uh, they should be using Google Alerts. <laughs> would,
0: would you consider changing the word <laughs> there is no other word
1: because growth hacking is a technical mm-hmm. term it's a very specific term right it's like life hack or but Then when, hack. You,
0: when you're using keywords and not many people are actually using that then it doesn't really matter, does it? So you can use things like shortcut or speed or
1: Yeah, I mean the thing do you is... Know, do you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, if People yeah.
0: aren't searching for those key... I, I know what you're yeah. saying Yeah. Is, is important, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then to help your business, yep. maybe... Just yeah, maybe we, I mean definitely we need
1: <coughs> to look at other things. I mean, I mean the growth hacking community do search very specific terms. So that would be my primary audience. There could be layers around that, which I totally agree with, like growth, growth marketing, maybe another yeah. one, right? Uh, a growth development or um, growth strategies right so so they're all looking at the same thing but in different things and we probably need to get some help from you on how to broaden that um, who are yeah. your
0: clients who are your prospects who are you aiming because yeah. often when you and I spoke yeah. I always felt that I may have been too small for you yeah I thought because your experiences you know such a large-scale governments and large organizations I felt that maybe we're too small so would yeah. you
1: well, my learning lesson from this is that I need clients that do a million dollars a year in revenue, minimum. Otherwise, Why? I can't help them. Yeah. So, so the reason being is that if we want to implement something, you need to have the resources to do it in order to hack your growth, right? Now, I'm not saying growth hacking wouldn't work
0: from somebody working from zero, it definitely would. Is that, they need to have that to pay your fees or is it just that? Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh, yeah. So it's yeah. Your, your, your expense. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, <laughs> no, so, no, no, definitely. Just no, kidding. no, it's,
1: it's part of the yeah. game because, I mean, you pay for what you get, right? I mean, there's a lot of, and that's why I publish a lot of free information. I've, I'm publishing that free information so anyone working from zero can actually pull it off. And my clients who pay can actually see, you know, how to go from zero to wherever him and I are having a conversation because I need to be able to educate them as well. So it kind of hits two birds with one stone. I spent a lot of time mentoring lots of startup companies. I mean, um, in my career to now, I've helped uh, start companies about $100 million collectively. Right. Uh, That's in in the form of being an advisor, co-founder, being on their boards. Um, and, and, And the problem is they can't afford to hire a Full time. Full time. Yes. But, but I can help them shortcut so many things and it makes my life a lot easier because I can just focus on the things I'm really good at and they can just go with it and I can continue with Can what? I abuse,
0: yeah. use, and abuse you now? Oh, right now, here? Who's going I'm going to gonna abuse pick me, <laughs> my company. So can I, yeah. can I share yeah. with you one of my pro- uh, challenges? Sure. And then still, you can yeah. just. Yeah, yeah. What we have, we have certain s- skill sets. Yeah. And as we're scaling, the client is very attached to those people with those certain skill, skill yep. sets. Yep. And because we're a small to medium-sized enterprise, I can't afford to have people train for six months and then introduce them to the client. Yep. So it's very much, we get them in, we train them, introduce them to the client, yep. okay? But what's happening is bottlenecking. Yeah. As yep. we grow, the client is very attached to the their account managers, Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. So I, I kind of understand that we are Darius's in a corner kebab shop, although we're doing very well in the marketplace, but I'm no means a McDonald's. Yeah. And
1: so we're stuck. You're stuck. stuck. So this has a lot to do with your systems, by the way. Okay. So the problem that you're talking about, McKinsey and A.T. Kearney and Bain and BC, all these guys tried, well, not tried, they've been solving it for decades. How did they do it? Is institutionalizing knowledge into intellectual capital. So let me give you a practical example. So I work with you as a consultant. I have a very specific way that I've been trained on to develop the case. The case goes into a database and then those learnings are reused, right? So the next consultant you work with, or at the same time, another consultant in Australia is working on the same problem. They have access to exactly the same amount of information um, and access to even giving me a call for implicit information that may require to execute on the job. Now, um, the trick here is, okay, human relations element will never go away. Right. The trick is how do you document it and develop systems that enable you that no matter who they're working with, that is that continuity. Yeah, this continuity and you can scale. Right? That's that's the tough part. That's the tough part.
0: And I guess to sell it in house as well, because certain management they like they're settled, they that's all they know. Yeah. For to, to speak to the client, the same client every yep. single day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and you say to them, "Hey, listen, you're you you're really good, yep. and you can speak to a client that pays us ten times more." But they're so attached to that client, yeah, it's very hard to let go. Yeah, that's a tough one. So you got to sell it to the clients, and you got to sell it to your
1: staff. Let me divert this into a, a direction and give you an example that may open up something for you. So when I had my customer service team, uh, so they would call in, and and, and, and so a, a telescript would pop up, right, and that would be one built directly into our CRM but the the person running the call has the ability to change the script at any time it goes into a pool everyone can see it and they vote on it right so i discover some i discover a way to speak to a client that that is awesome right so he goes and he makes a change it circulates among 20 guys like this is thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up adopted right boom we gamify it he gets rewarded for it and our system improves right but it's systemized right so It's consistent. So one of the things we learned was the fact, and this is very, very true. So in the beginning, people and be yelling, like yelling. That's how they start. And then my people can be like, what the hell? I said, you know why they're yelling at you? Because they just had a shitty customer experience somewhere else and they're bringing their baggage with you. So how do we get past it? So that's when we discovered saying, no matter what your problem is, we're going to solve it for you and we will be with you to the end.
0: And it's not personal.
1: It's not personal. Yeah, exactly. Once we systemized that exact statement, and we literally exa- we had cases where people would have problems with their credit card company, and we would call on their behalf to fix the problem. Literally, and we would it would be documented through logs. Everything would be systemized. So next guy comes. I think comes
0: um, in. Zappos does something similar, don't they? The, mm-hmm. uh, the shoe company. Yeah. Uh, because people phone their call center and order pizzas and everything. Pizzas. And yeah, they're a shoe company. Amazon bought them for a billion, I think right and they're very well known for the customer service so yeah you know the helpline you phone up and you're bored you speak to them for two three hours on the phone oh you're kidding me I didn't know that okay, yeah and then they say like uh, hey listen just having a chat no problem Mr. You know, Mr. Sabri talk to me and guy yeah. says I want a pizza just for a moment they order your pizza and it gets delivered to your house while, they're, while they're, you're talking to them
1: yeah that's amazing yeah right. they, I mean that's another level but yes. yeah that's where you should be
0: I mean that's, that's, how, that's, that's how the guy sold it for a billion dollars because they were well known for the customer services
1: yeah yeah, customer service goes a long way. I mean, our customers who we would uh, operate with like this, they would buy in folds. I mean, I remember we had one night, uh, we had a, a flash promotion. We had many customers that would go for it, but forget to put the promotion code. And they get billed and they call us up, oh, and, 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 and they would like, they've tried to blame the system and then they'd say, okay, it's my fault. We said, this, and say, we're gonna refund you immediately and you go back, redo it. Or, or, or sorry, no, we, we would refund the, the difference. And they would be ecstatic. Like they know it's their fault and we, and, and we respect it, we're completely compassionate. They go by even more, right? All we had to do was just treat them as humans. Yeah, but it had, had to be systemized. It had yeah. to be systemized. We knew when this problem was flagged the first time that every other time we would have to find a way to recredit them because they would just forget to put the commercial or they, something would go wrong, right? I mean, whatever it is, I mean, their fault. So, happened, what do
0: yeah. you think is the three top three biggest challenges for a small size business to scale? Up? Automation, scale, and
1: focusing on a niche. Niche is very. I would say niche would supersede all that. Niche uh, times five is an excellent example of a niche, where you go so deep. I call it pinhole, the pothole, right? So pinhole, so tiny of an opportunity, but you're able to turn it into a pothole where you own a domain. And to own a domain, you got to start. You got to start in in a pinhole opportunity. So
0: in a way, find the pain in the market. Yeah. Yes.
1: Someone's problem. yeah. 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 Someone Sorry. someone's problem is so deep enough that they'd be willing to pay to have the pain taken away. Do you still
0: have an attachment to the product? No. It's really? strange.
1: Uh I do in some ways, but um I had so much distaste um I had some bad experiences, let's put it like that. Pain not painful experiences, not with my business and my product, but with the market itself. So I went to talk to two hundred and eighteen investors in this region, by the way, raised the zero. Just just it was the first time I had built a business and it had traction, it was profitable. It's disheartening, isn't yeah, it? I was in 37 countries, I was making money, and all I had to do was just replicate what I'm doing. But there was um there was a, a barrier there where we were in such a soft business. This comes to the education part. And later on I started meeting investors who were in the spiritual space, all based in San Francisco.
0: Huh
1: funny enough right yeah and the conversation with these guys after I sold my business was on I was like where were you like a year ago man yes you know uh, learnings I mean everything happens for a reason by the way I mean no regrets this all happened I sold my company in 15 days so two and a half years 218 investors in 15 days acquisition
0: It, it was just meant to be like that it's just how it is but you detached you let it go, yeah. you, you don't wonder what they're doing, how their company's grown.
1: Exactly, you know what it is? Uh, as, as a personal life lesson, everything has a lifespan, right? A start and the end. And the beauty of an end is a new start. And I love new starts. I'm all about the, f- I love the blank paper approach. That's where I started that got me to that end. And I'm going to repeat it even better and have even more fun the next so time I do it.
0: At the moment you're selling your consultancy services, That's right, right. yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. do you have a team or you have access to information?
1: Yeah, so, so one of the things I'm doing is the, the companies I'm operating with, I operate on an advisory capacity, no, not on a consulting capacity. It's also one of the learnings I've had about me. So rather than hiring me to actually do it for you, let me actually like train you how to do it to help you build the capacity so you don't actually need me. And that allows me to do what I'm best at and build my craft to go to the next step and get my next flight rather than you giving me all the shit under the sun. Uh, so I'll give you an example. So, so I focus on top line growth, not bottom line growth, right? Bottom line growth is like 99% of what consultants do, right? Yeah, exactly. Cutting corner, uh, not core, sorry, but could be cutting costs, uh, finding efficiency. I mean, you can find tons of people do that, right? Top line you,
0: finding abundance.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. But top line, one percent of what can actually change 90% 99% of your business is where I focus. I say, you, you go deal with the awesome guys you deal with down there. I'm gonna find you your next big thing. That's my whole job. So we're just focusing on what I'm good at and getting it done. So in a
0: way, you are creating niche markets for your clients.
1: Yep, I'm helping them f- unlock the unseen possibilities. I'm them see what they don't see and helping them actually execute on it. Like so how long does this out. process
0: take, on average, to find out exactly what they want?
1: Um, it, it varies, it varies. I need to get to know the client. There's so much under the hood that takes a bit of time uh, to figure it out. Uh, but I'd say roughly 90 days. In 90 days, we can figure out, I mean, a whole bunch of things but it, it does take time this is not an overnight thing where a flash like that I, I need to get to know my client I need to get to know their business and we figure it out
0: yeah. that's amazing so you go yeah. really deep
1: you have to yeah you'd be surprised how many things you actually come up with it's not about coming up with one single thing At the then you're gonna execute on one thing and move to the next but the amount of different opportunities that you find inside that you can unlock Uh, Gives you almost a roadmap to work with. So we work with the first one, maximize it, move to the next one, and that becomes how you actually what I call 10x growth, right? You want 10x growth? It's not coming from your bottom line, right? Cut cost by 10 percent, incremental growth, why So if you're growing incrementally, like 10 percent, 10 percent, okay, you accumulated over 10 years, 10 percent a year, you got your 10 fold. But what about getting 10 fold in a year? What happened? Why not? Why not? It's possible. It, 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 it's not an impossibility.
0: So let's say you help the company grow, then you realize that they may have cash flow issues, right? So, yeah. so you think for them and forecast that. And we make sure that out, when yeah. those challenges come, Definitely. they're geared up for it.
1: Exactly. We figure out cost
0: effective ways of putting it. So the beautiful thing about today's world uh, for free
1: or very low cost, you can almost do anything. Most of my clients do not believe me when I make that statement. The minute we start engaging, they're like, where the hell did all this shit come from? How is this even possible? I said, it's called the internet. <laughs> yeah. It's called the internet, I mean. Use it. That's where we are today. All the cloud services and, and software as a service. I mean, every single day, somebody's solving a new problem at a different level and they're starting for free or very cheap. It's very straightforward. Start using it, use it and abuse it.
0: As a sales, di- a sales consultant, one of the most common things I used to get is, well, Darius, you never sold ships before, right? So, how are you going to help my shipping company sell ships? Well, what I found was it actually doesn't matter about the product. Yeah. Right? The, the person who's buying goes through the same buying process in the head exactly right do you find it the same in your' in business it's exactly right? you say, yeah. Yeah, do, yeah what do you know about software companies well, a lot or what do you know about car manufacturing yep. nothing but the system and the process are the same right yep. Would do you agree I totally agree Jeff Bezos did
1: uh, sorry that he put it into an, he framed it in a very good interview where he said where domain expertise and fresh thinking come together, right? So you, you, he said usually what happens when he has guys with super um, super deep domain expertise, they usually cannot think very fresh, which you get that comment. Well, oh, what do you know about shipping yeah, companies, exactly. right? But when you have a guy that's got domain expertise plus fresh thinking, so it's either two guys or one guy. If you get one guy and one, oh, you, you're, you're lucky, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. But if you get two guys that can gel together, one with deep domain and then you get with fresh thinking, that's when you get that spark. And that's, that's, of, what, that's what Jeff yeah, Bezos is looking for. it's kind of funny
0: because my company really grew when my son joined. And the reason I say that, because I'm a hunter. Yeah. So when you say 90 days with a client, I'm like, I want to kill myself. Yeah. Right? Get me a knife, I want to cut my wrist. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because I get bored, I get frustrated, yeah. and um, and we're gonna talk about accountability as well. Yeah. But my son, he's a farmer, yeah. right? So I hunt the clients, yeah. I sign them up, never have to see them again, they have my number, but they know I'm not gonna account manage them. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So in a way, he supports them and they don't. they love him. His department yeah. looks after them and they stay. Yeah, and that's why we worked. Yeah, because we get the clients, and he takes care of them.
1: That's exactly. There's a great book about this. Uh, I think it's called the Founder's Dilemma. I don't know if you've read it, which is King, 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 and Cash. So me and my co-founders always use that. So I, we would flip. Founder's so, Dilemma. F- founder's Dilemma. So King is the guy who controls process, and Cash is the guy who's always looking at money, right? That's so so we would flip, right? We uh, I'd say, okay, in the next quarter, you're Cash, I'm King, right? All he talks about is just money. And all I talk about is process control, and we flip accordingly because there are times when you know we have to refresh one another. But if I'm talking cash and process at the same time, it it doesn't work very well. You need to flip back and forth or have one. So, like you rightly pointed out, or or what Jeff Bezos is saying, you need a nice mix of people. Amazing. Yeah.
0: So part of his skill, obviously, being a visionary, because there was loads of online retailers and still are. Yeah. Yeah. But because. He just simplified. He understood business, right? Yeah. That's what's made him so rich,
1: so I successful. I think his secret is in one of his very first interviews ever, when he was asked, why books? Because it sold anything. He's like, so he started talking about the characteristics of the book market, where it's um, highly diversified. There's always demand. There's always something new coming up. And then there's a lot of change it takes, but so it means there's always money to be made. And you know, books were, in those stages, were uh, inventory, not on demand, right? And that's what he did, you know, to, uh, publish on demand. Made it electronic, so so as he just, uh, as he f- learned about that category, he said that gave me the ability to basically amplify across the whole e-commerce world, and he strategically chosen books for a reason. It wasn't
0: something coincidence. Random. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, coincidence. I like reading books. Let's yeah. open up a bookstore.
1: Yeah, it's a just just Google his very first interview ever. It's on YouTube. You'll see the whole rationale openly.
0: And it was all customer service based, wasn't it? Yeah. Just look. At, I think when he has meetings, he has, he has an empty seat all the time around yeah. the boardroom. And he says, that's the customer. Oh, really? Yeah, so when that, they okay. having a the meeting, they always have to focus. The person who's not there, that's the customer. Wow. So yeah, make, make, make it, customer yeah. number one. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And no wonder he's the richest man on the planet, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. He's doing amazing things. I mean, he's inspiring because he, he started in a, in, a, in a time and generation that I can associate with which was in the 90s, 90s. and 90 against the golden era of the 90s and n- what i love about the 90s is a lot of the innovations you see today were actually created and invented then and so the things like the mp3 iot artificial intelligence, of course dates back much further than that but it's 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 when it started to roost or or come out was it was in that time purely because of the internet and today when you see the popularization of blockchain and all these things they go back way back into the 90s Right? The MP3 is is a beautiful story. I don't know know if you know how the MP3 was actually created, but we used to think it's like magic, right? We'd have a wave file that was like 50 megabytes and then you'd have for one megabyte an MP3 and they sound exactly the same. Well, the secret behind it was that the the wave file was so advanced that it was taking on so much information that the the ear cannot actually process. So they found what it was, got rid of it, made a new new protocol, made an MP3. And we thought it was a a beautifully well compressed, same quality um, song.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, and that, incredible.
1: that kicked open peer-to-peer. If it wasn't for the MP3, peer-to-peer would not exist.
0: So where do you think, because I know you're a visionary, where do you think the industry is going? And What's the next big thing? What's the next two or three big things that we should look out for? Sure,
1: so the biggest thing in my world is artificial intelligence. So the example I gave with Google, that contextuality aspect, the fuzzy area, there's a lot of money to be made in that to figure, to solve those types of problems. The next part is autonomy. Right, the autonomy of, of cars, the autonomy of airplanes, the, the autonomy of things that work around us where um, we don't need to be part of the process anymore, okay? The other big underlying change I see is that we're not gonna own the assets we own today. So we're not gonna own a car, not gonna own a house, not, you know, not gonna own this furniture, It's just, just gonna be on a per usage basis. That's gonna liberate people, it liberates me. When, when I use an Uber, I, I use an, I've never used an Airbnb, but um, when I use you know, other tools, the likes of, um, that just allow me to use on demand and just pay for what I need, but it's already very cost effective, right? So I don't need to go save all this money up to go buy this big yeah. asset. Anymore. Yeah,
0: and yeah. you're stuck with it. Yeah, you've you got the it. freedom to. Yeah.
1: And then depreciates, so and then you got to find someone to buy it, and you got to maintain it. And forget it; it's not, that's not the future. You're not going to no. own any of this stuff.
0: I was um, watching a, an interview with um, Elon Musk and he, he painted a really scary future with uh, artificial intelligence. Oh yeah, 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 There's a lot of scary. Very, very scary. Yeah, yeah, and he was yeah. saying like, what if in 50, 60 years, not even that, uh, the computers realize that we are useless. Humans are useless. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we shit in the planet, we ruin everything, we cause wars, we kill each other. What's yeah. the point of humans? <laughs> right? Where, where <laughs> it's the, probably very true. It's true, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Computers yeah. decide yeah. that we are useless. Yeah. Right? See, the
1: thing about artificial intelligence, it makes an objective decision, yes, right? Exactly. And so when subjectivity gets in the middle, at the end it's going to have to go to one side of the spectrum. Yes, right? it, black or white. It's black or white, right? Because otherwise it cannot execute a process, So how, right? do
0: we, how do we plant that default that the whole thing stops when they say, like, kill humans well, see, or so, so put this, this poison to, in the water? That
1: See, this comes to a very sensitive topic, which is artificial, uh, artificial intelligence ethics, AI yes. ethics, okay? Mm-hmm and um, the intentions of the individual who created will be that AI. Right? So if my intentions are really bad and to destroy everything, that AI is going to do exactly that. Because it can only, a machine can only do what I tell it to do, right? Uh, if my intentions are yeah, but good. But
0: what if the machine is self-thinking? They will eventually reach out.
1: That, that's where this idea of singularity comes yes. into play, right? Where machines will completely operate on their own. Um, believe me, we're, 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 okay, we're getting closer to it. It's moving a lot well, faster. I see, but I see far my kid
0: playing computer games. And the scenes and scenarios that the computer decides how it's going to look. Because it's impossible for a programmer to design every single little scenario that happens. Yeah. Right? So when he jumps off a cliff and goes out of the car, the computer is creating that scenario, right? Yeah. It's amazing. It really is incredible. That's so it's happening amazing. right now in front of everyone eyes.
1: Gaming, by the way, is an area... Of- if you want to learn a lot about the future, gaming is one of the places to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, gaming is one, of, I, I had a client in gaming, I uh, the around the time you and I met, um, and I learned a lot about the gaming industry, and the, the, it, oh, it's, it's, huge, it's bigger right? than entertainment, it it's is, one of the biggest I mean, in the world, you just don't they it. They gross more than movies. Yeah, 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 they're, they're massive. The problem when I started in that uh, with this client was that, um, I'm not a gamer, nor did I understand it. I had to hire people but between the ages of sort of nine to, uh, 19 in that range to help me actually access and understand that market it, it was a phenomenal learning experience but if you want to learn a lot of things like uh, uh, simulation flight simulation for, for actual like, ANSPs, uh, yes. air navigation service providers all originally from gaming <laughs> literally they all started these games and that is what keeps us safe in the air today incredible
0: amazing, incredible. amazing. Yeah. so when somebody says artificial intelligence I immediately think expensive Yeah. Right. So, for entrepreneurs, where do you think is the next big thing?
1: In artificial intelligence.
0: Well, I think Mm. if I was going to do some artificial intelligence, I need to hire fifty programmers, right? Yeah. And I can't afford that because I'm not that profitable. Uh, A a guy sitting in his bedroom can he do something with artificial intelligence on his own? Like, you know, when Bill Gates started off, you know, there was two guys. Or Apple started off, there was two guys. Yep. Is that still possible with AI? It
1: is. So, so okay, uh, I started, I, I, and I started, well, I did start this company, but it failed. So it was called LaunchPod. It was a first generation right. AI Congratulations. company. Congratulations. Yeah. Right. So you learned a lot from that. But I learned from it. So, so we raised uh, 9 million, a million of my own and 8 million from another investor. And we blew it in nine months, right? And it was at the dot bomb time. So we, it was very difficult to raise the next amount. Great product died out, but the market wasn't ready for AI. So we learned a lot. Now, the reason it cost us $9 million was we had to create everything from scratch. Today there's a lot of tools already built. Wow. And one of the best examples is an example that is very close to you may not realize Do you use Google Sheets.
0: I believe we do. You right? Use Google Sheets, right?
1: So in the very bottom right, you got something called Explore. I think it's yeah. highly mislabeled, but drop all your data in there. Click on Explore, and it'll already do all the thinking and formulation of how to look at the data you're already doing. And that is just one very simple example of machine learning and going into your data and just figuring it out for it. Before you would go create all the formulas and structure the report, this would just click Explore and does it for you. This is a a perfect example of something that you I have access now. to for free right mm-hmm. now. You can do it right now. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. So, yep. we go forwards five years. We're sitting yeah. here, 2024, and what kind of a conversation are we having? We look back, you well, said, five years you're... ago, what happened now? That, tell me, where have you gone? What's well, hopefully it? we'll both be retired by then, don't you think? Well, no, I, I never <laughs> want to retire, right? Because I enjoy what I do. Right? I, I associate death with retirement. So. I'll,
1: I'll, tell you, okay, I'll tell you a funny joke about this. So, are you familiar with something called universal uh, income? No. Okay. So universal income is is a concept that's actually been tested long ago and is being retested to reform society. So when artificial intelligence comes in and takes over many jobs, you're going to have a lot of jobless people. So how are they going to have money? So they create universal income. You get a certain amount of money every month that you would use and stay home. So so what would happen is…
0: Really, do you think… Because they said that when factories came, right? Mm. But people still found jobs, right?
1: Well, there'll be a reformation of the type of jobs required. So that's a whole different conversation. But you'll so be many people
0: going to services because I noticed yeah. in the UK we discussed this yesterday. Manufacturing is dying, yeah. and people are in the financial service, in the service business, right? Yep. City centers are turning into coffee shops and restaurants, and yep. yep. So maybe jobs will. T- I, I I think there'll always be employment.
1: Uh, I true, think there'll, true, be true. True. there'll be a change, there I be a change, it'll I mean, take time to adjust. Definitely, I mean I think there's definitely always an opportunity, but many governments are testing UBI right now, Incredible. Now, now the joke behind it is that, uh, you know, this is just having fun here, right? So, so obviously the people who are going to go on UBI are people who'd be less competent and those who'd be exactly, off of it would right? be more competent. So yeah. my friend once says, it's like, alright, oh, so we can make more money. I said, no, I'm going to be with the guys that uh, sit home and take their money because I'm not stupid enough to keep working if I get free money. Yeah. knowing like you know
0: he knew, you need what you're going to do you're going to take a percentage of each and invest <laughs> yeah. it for them yeah. but but that's quite scary though vegetating yeah. at home right because at the moment yeah. you don't have to go go out much you can yeah. click your food gets delivered click All your this, okay, grocery yeah. gets delivered yeah. you don't have to actually do anything your personal
1: oh, yeah. trainer comes to your home I'll share another funny joke, but this one's a little bit uh, spicy, so... Go spicy. Go spicy. Yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were effing. Okay. But okay. actually,
0: I think it's a seven o'clock thing, because by is seven it, o'clock yesterday, it? we were effing and blinding. Really? Right okay. okay, okay. We started really so, clean, and then... just oh. so
1: we'll, Okay, we'll have some fun with this one. So, the online grocery market is exploding, right? So, I have a startup company I've been mentoring, uh, playing this space, and then all of a sudden, on one weekend, uh, Noon, Souq, and uh, Carrefour all launch, right? So, I get an ad from Carrefour saying, we'll deliver in two hours. So I look at this, and I say, I'm going to social media this. I say, well, what am I going to order that I need in two hours? So I order a box of condoms, and I said, guys, let's see how fast they get the Otherwise, I lose my and, opportunity. And people messaging me like, don't do it. You're going to get in trouble. My wife was like, are you nuts? I'm like, let's just see if they actually get a box of condoms here Did in two they? hours. No, 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 they all stopped me. Yeah. <laughs> I got locked so, and that's I got it. so much heat that weekend, but we had so much fun with it because yeah, yeah, that's the guys funny. that I know in this business were sharing it with everybody, yeah, right, yeah, as yeah. a joke. That's um, funny. Yeah, there
0: you go. Yeah, I can't make sure the expiration yeah. date is over two hours, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. like your groceries. One of yeah. the things about um, ordering groceries online, I always thought, when I, go, when I go into the supermarket, I pick up the apple and I feel it, touch it, and, and the cucumbers, and... Uh, not for any sexual reasons, just yeah. l- to make sure that they're they're ripe. Yeah. Uh, one of my worries is that when they deliver, the guys just picking anything and put it in the bag and delivering yeah. it to the doorstep. Yeah. And I don't want to. The driver comes, check everyone, and say, "Is it okay?" Or something. That's that's yeah produce is a
1: bit difficult i mean Mm -hmm. my wife is the type of person that wants to go buy all our food exactly from a to z but i would find things like i can get all the water and perishable items online which doesn't make sense because she's always complaining about her back i'm like carrying stuff yeah yeah. it's free delivery so you mix it yeah i I mean well i try to but my wife still insists not to she still has to buy all of them in the grocery store it's just not logical let's just save the time money the the produce which you need to actually you know evaluate go do it just focus on that but for
0: her it's a ritual
1: Habits, habits, <laughs> habits, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so five that. years down yeah. the line,
0: we look back and say, yeah. "What are you doing now? How did it? How did it go? How was the last five years? What would you say yeah. Where are you five years down the line?" I I, I think the next five years are going to be very difficult. I know um, you won't retire, so this. Yeah,
1: way. no, no, no. no. I'll, I'll keep going. But if the opportunity can have a lot but of money, nice. but I'm isn't
0: life difficult? It. Life. It, people think like you know. They, in my opinion, they go, they look at uh, Arabs Got Talent or British X Factor or that, and they see this quick rich thing you know you can sing or you can dance and you quickly get famous and rich or the kardashians but
1: that's what everybody wants and that's not true but it's not not true because
0: 99.9999% of people graft right yeah yeah so to me life is difficult yeah I I totally agree you just have to be a gladiator right you have to rise to, to deal with the difficulties so if you wake up in the morning and think life is difficult everything else gonna be easy, right? Yeah. Because you prepare for challenges.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, it's all about the attitude of how you go around challenges. To me, challenges wake me up and keep me alive. Because, because, you're, because you're an optimist, because yeah, you're motivated. By right? nature, optimist, exactly. And people get confused because they think, well, you're an optimist, but you're saying the world is challenged and in trouble? I'm like, well, yeah, but that's the great part. It means there are opportunities. That's what this is about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really worried about the next generation, uh, my son and, 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 and the younger people in that tradition. Um, they're not getting the level of education that we, we were getting in the sense of quality. Um, they're not ready for the future. Right? So my son, uh, he does a, some YouTube videos I'll share with you, and he's like, I wanna be a YouTube creator, but his school doesn't prepare him for it, right? Why aren't
0: they? Yeah. Why aren't they? They should be presentations Because the teachers them. are actually saying that you shouldn't be on that. Exactly. And society at the moment is saying, hey, yes, you're not communicating because you're on your phone all the time. Exactly. You're on your iPad all the time. But hang on, the future is that. Right? You got it, you got it. So we're kind of living in denial. But I think yeah. it's ignorance, isn't it? That people don't realize that they can still communicate and be on their laptops. They can. I mean, do I, remember, I remember watching TV and my mom used to shout to me and say, hang on. Yeah. i have asked you to do the same thing 10 times and you just glued to the TV. Yeah. I'm worried about the generation because they're all glued to the TV. Yeah. True?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. The TV taught us many things, by the way. I mean, it, it, um, these are all tools, by the way. I mean, um, I, I encourage my son, if you're going to watch YouTube, okay, watch it. Watch something productive. Let's watch something that can actually enhance your life. Enhance your life. But, but, you know, they're at that uh, maturity level. Where it's like they just want to watch all these famous guys, these get-rich-quick guys. I mean, he just wants to get rich quick. They all believe it's possible. Funny, I,
0: funny story. Yeah. I had a, had a talk uh, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> and I purposely put all my clothes in the lounge so I can sneak out the bedroom without waking everybody up, Put my clothes on and sneak out to go to the talk, so I got up ridiculously early and I sneaked out. And my son, my 11-year-old son, was watching TV, so he had a, you know, earlier uh, awakening. So he says, "Hi dad," I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Because I'm watching this YouTuber. I looked at my watch and I had 20 minutes spare. I looked at this guy. He's got like big earrings, got things through his nose, and his blue hair, and he's um, commentating a game. So he's playing a game and he's just talking, right? Yeah. I'm like. He's, my son's just vegetating, yeah. so I thought, no, hang on a second. I'm going to sit him down. I'm going to give him a pitch, right? For 20 minutes, I sat down and I said, "Listen, what your dad does goes to work, builds an organisation. This, this, yeah. this is work. not what this idiot's doing on TV, yeah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah." So he's like, going, "Okay, dad, okay, dad," you know, rolling is like "Okay, dad, when are you <laughs> going to go so I can carry on watching?" Yeah. And I noticed that throughout the week he was coming out saying. Dad, can I download this game? And I was like, how much is it? $3? Yeah, okay, $2. He, he must have done $20 worth of sales because of this guy. Oh, wow. He's playing the games and he's, he's influencing. Yeah. He's influencing. He's not selling the game. He's playing and by my son enjoying it, he's deciding to buy it. Wow. So he's coming and pitching me. So, so I taught him the, the, the right way to live and how the world should be. So I said, who the hell is this guy? And he gave me his name. So I got in the car. And I thought, I'll just Google him. The guy earned $28 million last year. Whoa. And there's me telling my son to be like me. <laughs> 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 when, the, when the knobhead, the moron, sitting in his lounge. Yeah. Actually, $18 million last year. Wow. A YouTuber. And I went to the second guy. And it was even weirder than this guy. And he earned $17 million in a year. Yeah. Sitting in the lounge with a camera on the face playing uh, Minecraft. Wow, a uh, gaming. Uh, yeah, gaming is a big business. You but mean, I agree with you. There, the second one was a fashion influencer. Yeah, and so I'm thinking, what have I just done? You know, I yeah. I, I taught my son had to go into factory working. You know, was doing cotton, whatever it was. When there's uh, people that are earning more money sitting at home playing games. It's amazing. And I felt but terrible. I felt like going back and giving him a hug and saying, forget what dad for the last but 20 minutes. But
1: the moral behind this story is that you need to build the work ethic mm-hmm. inside them regardless of which direction they take because there is no free lunch. Uh, there's no such thing as just working smart. You need to and work smart spoiled, and spoiled,
0: And if they're spoiled, they can't take the heat, right? No, no, no.
1: Yeah, their tolerance levels are very low. Yeah.
0: So it's yeah. a fine balance using technology. Yeah. Teaching them to be tough. Yep. Taking the knockbacks. Yep. Dust yourself down, get up, and. yeah So in five
1: years. Five years, we're gonna. It's gonna be a tough time. It's gonna be a tough. Time forgetting to a tough customers. time. Yeah.
0: What's gonna happen to you and your business? Ah. <sighs> Would you have another startup or a number of other startups yourself, or will I'm you? I'm gonna think
1: help as many startups as I can that I believe can change the future by me helping them to execute what
0: they think they do, Do Do you, um, forgetting investing in it, because your time is more valuable than the money, right? Yeah. So, do you actually become partners to some of those? Like, for instance, if, I, if yes, I had yes, a yes, business, yes, yes. and I'm thinking of a few right now, I said to you, I'll give you a certain percentage of this business, let's yep. scale it up together, I'll yep. do everything. But under your guidance, is that yep. something that you may be It depends.
1: In? I mean, uh, it depends on how exitable. So that has to be a highly exitable business within a time frame for that to work. That's where a lot of
0: people kind of lose their... Because um, yeah. the business becomes just a lifestyle, right? It yeah. doesn't become an exit exitable. Yeah,
1: thing. yeah, yeah, exactly. If, if So there was um, a company based out of Toronto, which is an excellent example of this. Okay, And there was a group of, I think, 30 investors they pitched to here. They're in the gaming business, they're basically the Netflix of gaming. I unfortunately I don't remember their name, but they had a, an exclusive contract with Mr. Bean. And they have tons of content on there. Uh, so I think $2.99 a month, and you get access to all this content. But here's the interesting part, they're trading on the OTC and the Toronto Stock Exchange over over the counter. And here they are pitching for, I think it was a million or two million dollars. and the investors in this region were like yeah well, nice. yeah well they didn't get a penny because mm-hmm. these guys were like uh telling me like because uh, it was a group discussion to decide whether to move forward or not so they're like uh it's too competitive they don't have enough games um you know mr bean is only just one of the ones that they have uh, and so i said but they're highly exitable and they've got liquidity access that none of the other companies we're looking at have and all you gotta do is just pump more into it to do what they're actually gonna scale. Yes. And you have an exit in a year or two.
0: And did it happen? No, I mean they
1: didn't get it. They didn't get it. They didn't get it, <laughs> right? And some guys would say, well, OTC is basically over the counter, like it's a, it's, it's just penny stock. And I say yes, but as they get bigger, they become to the big board, right? That's why they're raising money. But once you get the big board, you can
0: exit. That's where the money is made. So right? how are they doing now? Are they trading and they're um, profitable?
1: I, I don't know. I didn't follow up with yeah. them. So this is an investor group that I was a member of where we would evaluate. different. They, they invited me for a few of them to get inputs from me and, and see. And I wanted to get a feel of what kind of deal flow these guys were getting. So they were getting some pretty interesting companies, by the way. But um, there was a disconnect between the entrepreneur and the investors. Wow. Yeah.
0: So how do you find new prospects, how you, new partners? In networking. New networking right. network, and I, networking. I guess people approach you. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I used to spend, uh, I wish I can do more of it, but I used to spend a lot of time in a lot of the accelerators, incubators. Uh, tr- tr- entrepreneurs are like a tribe, right? Like once you know one nutcase, he's connected to another 15 nutcases sure. who all wanna just become, go all nuts, right? When you know. You um, when entrepreneurs get together, you can stay up till five a.m. Right? We can sit here till five a.m. doing this, man. Just having I never right? get anywhere. Yeah, never yeah. get anywhere. But you're having a lot of fun. And then the next day you wake up I'm like shit. I got to execute. Yeah, it. And well, you get I'm inspired. Yeah, you get well, I'm inspired. And you start executing. I'm,
0: I'm not such an idiot after all. Yeah, yeah right. something so, can actually happen, yeah. right? So,
1: so it's it's a very different world. Like when I I had a um, an interesting keynote that I did in London in March, and it was to institutional investors who had an interest in startup companies, which was very unique. And the problem is the mindset. So these guys work with highly structured, hundred million dollar plus uh, amounts of money. And here they are looking at startup companies, right? And they, they want to wrap their minds around this world because they don't know how, they don't know how to tap into AI, uh, blockchain, uh, data analytics, uh, IOT, and um, artificial, it's uh, not but augmented reality. So those are kind of the five headlines where I see the future, just to, to, to answer your question. And the startup companies are the ones who are driving these big trends. So so, I was basically mandated to give a one hour keynote to all these institutional investors how to change their minds from thinking this big to looking at opportunities this small that potentially can become Huge bigger than what reality. they're already doing. Um, but the mind, mind they, they function very differently. The, the mindset is- it's
0: And some not of them the, are young people, right? It's not like they're all old, old, is it? It's not that. It's um, the
1: conditioning that they had from- The conditioning, yeah. So it's not like it's someone is smarter than someone else. It has nothing to do with that. Um, they're designed to take risk in a very different way, right? Uh, and I learned this lesson in many hard ways. So I would partner with people who sound great on paper, but when it comes to an actual execution decision in a hard circumstances, they fail. Right? They just cannot make those hard not decisions. Do it. Not, yeah, they, they just can't. They, they get uncomfortable because they're looking for that infrastructure they had before, right? So when you have like a hundred million dollar fund and it's other people's money and you get paid a certain percentage on doing that, and you, you can have a few mess-ups here, but the overall it seems to work. It's a, it's a little bit more
0: cushion. Did you find after you did the one-hour uh, talk... Did it come to you? Did it call you afterwards? Yeah, yeah. many many did. Can you please yeah. another, just help me out a little bit? Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. Yeah. No,
1: no, Many of them were very blunt and open. I mean, really? one
0: guy came to me and said,
1: we're trying to use AI inside the hmm. fund itself. Hmm. And I was like, wow, man, can you open up and share a case with me? I'd love to know more. He's like, it's very rudimentary. And it was very basic. But he said, but we have a keen interest to put this tech to to the whole fund. I mean, we see our fund, going back to your question, we see, we see this, this this mega billion dollar fund being run by AI. We don't need any fund managers anymore. It is possible. Yeah, I'm
0: signing my own death warrant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> one more question I hope you've enjoyed this uh, This, this chat, great. Yeah, The yeah, fireside yeah, yeah, yeah. chat um, Blockchain I don't get it
1: Most people don't Do you? On a rudimentary level Yes I can explain
0: to you In very simple ways This is yeah. what I know Yeah Central banks of each country Control this piece of paper Yeah Before it was based on gold Yep Now they don't have enough gold To cover the notes out there So it's a yep. promise Yep True? Yep Money exchanges control us, where we exchange money to from here to euros, euros to. Right? Exactly. Yep. So anyone, like a government, online can open up a bank. and yep. Supply supply of money exchange, Of course, right? currency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A currency, yeah. Yep. and this currency can be exchanged without any barriers. Yep. Is that what blockchain is? No. And
1: this is an totally ad- wrong. So so this is an add-on to blockchain. Blockchain okay. enables it. So they're two different things. Cryptocurrency, blockchain are two different things. Blockchain oh, right. uh, is a technology that basically it's a, it's a hyperledger. Hyperledger means I enter a transaction, and it cannot be corrupted, and it's kept in in a
0: place that stays there forever. So it can forever. be monitored, and it can be yeah. tracked. Everything for exactly.
1: It almost it removes the idea of auditors, by the way, because right. an auditor goes back to check, Checking. right? And so the yeah. world of auditing is going to completely change because of this. Now but then, at the beginning you
0: know, of the transaction, there's some physical money, right?
1: Well, anything can go on the blockchain, so it doesn't have to be necessarily currency. But the problem with currency is double entry, and so blockchain solved the double entry problem. That's why it became central to cryptocurrency. I mean, it's it's because of uh, what the, um, Bitcoin, the founder of Bitcoin, I can't remember his name. The uh, Japanese guy. Yeah, the Japanese guy. It's because of him that this happened. So blockchain existed before this, by the way. This is what I'm talking about. A lot of stuff. A cryptocurrency existed before this, by the way. But the reason cryptocurrency took off, and a lot of people can't understand it, it's get rich quick guys yeah, who are able big. to sell something no one understood, but they saw a lot of money coming into it, and they sizzle. Yeah, they, they they the sizzle. Yeah, the sold the sizzle. People debt. got excited. You didn't got know it. what the hell they were buying into, yep. but it's just going up. I wish I wish I had the chart that I use in my keynote to show you how cryptocurrencies in two thousand nineteen are equivalent to where they were in two thousand seventeen. So they literally went like this, and they're back to here. Well, I could
0: have honestly. I'm not joking. I was sitting in Starbucks in Mall of Emirates about three years ago, and I looked at. Uh, and blockchain and it was Bitcoin yeah and I could have got for about hundred and seventy-five dollars yeah and I was like should I buy three <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. If, if it goes down a uh, six hundred seven hundred dollars
1: I mean I, I actually bought for the purpose of actually testing it out I wanted to see the full cycle and the truth was I couldn't exit it so I was able to buy these how much are you like about I, uh, I think I bought about about three four hundred dollars worth uh, uh, sorry it was three four hundred dollars per coin and I bought about $1,200 worth, right? So, yeah. Five, yeah. Six, so, so, so I've, I'm, 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 even when it's gone to the shits, I'm still up, right? Yeah. But I cannot exit it. Why? So, I, I have it in Coinbase, which is one of the major exchanges, okay? So, the word exchange in that world is misleading because uh, there's a, an exchange that does trade, an exchange that actually has the funds like a, a normal exchange. So, when I go to an Ansari exchange... Or any other, place. they have the funds to give you exactly. Thank you very much. They actually have the funds, so they're not trading. So what they do is they find you and me and they match us up. And, and then, right now, there's no yeah. bias for them? the liquidity. Yeah, the liquidity. There's a huge liquidity. Uh, Although it's going yeah. up
0: in price right now, Bitcoin.
1: Yeah. See, the genius behind Bitcoin is has a finite amount, and only a finite amount that can be released within a period of time, and it stops. I think in 2021 or 2022. Oh, really? So it's limited. Yeah, just like gold. That's why it's the gold standard of cryptocurrency. So. The value of it by nature well some people predicted half a million to a million dollars per cryptos per, per bitcoin so maybe i am lucky and blessed that i can't actually exit it but uh, i bought some other coins by the way like uh, dash and Ether, yeah, ethers or something. yeah and then i had an incident in canada where uh i had to sell them black market i i don't know why i, I don't think it's fair to call it black market but it's called local coin where they match me up again with someone so found some guy his credentials were, he had like something like 15 Bitcoin ATMs throughout Canada, and I was actually able to find them. So this guy looked pretty credible. I send him my coins, waiting for my money. I don't get my money. You are kidding. Yeah, he ran off with it. And then I call up the local FBI, the RCMP. I file a case against, they don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, they're like, well, this whole thing just sounds illegal. I'm like, well, it, it's not illegal, but it is fraud because because he's taking money for something he hasn't delivered. So it's fraud. But they've been like, but a currency? like it just." The guys will it. boggle. Yeah. The point is they picked up the phone and was like, hey man, you owe, you owe this guy some money. <laughs> Went back to basics, you owe this guy some money. We can see it, I showed them the transaction. You need to pay. He came up with all kinds of techniques. They said, listen, we'll give you 48 hours. You either get it or you don't. He paid, because he had no choice, but- but but Paid if, you back what he
0: owed you, right? Yeah. He gave yeah. the coins back. Yeah, gave me the coins back, yeah. 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 And now you yeah. got some more coins that you can't get rid of.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much,
0: yeah. See, your piggy bag is full. It's full, <laughs> very full.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, HSBC actually st- was about to stop my account while I was doing this. And so my, 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 uh, relationship it, it, was,
0: uh, it was fraudulent.
1: Well, they have a policy against cryptocurrency at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's changed. So my relationship manager calls me up and says, dude, if you do one more transaction, i will shut you, shut you down. So he's a friend of mine. And he's like, what are you doing? Cause he was curious. I said, honestly, man, I'm testing this thing out. I mean, the transactions are so small, $1,200. You're going to stop me on $1,200. Shit. I shouldn't be banking with you at all. Right? You're not yeah, it's small money. Yes, small amount of money, man. We're just testing it. He's like, "What are you testing?" And I said, "I'm just testing the whole cycle from acquisition to to selling it, and yes. what the process and the and the cost. I mean, three point nine percent to get in. There's roughly one percent in the middle for the, um, the the people that do the mining or whatever it is, and there was another to find another exchange. Go to take another three percent. The cost is very high. But you know what I did? As I ended up investing in Visa because of this learning. You know why? Because they conduct the most transactions in the world and they have excess capacity to do it, they can turn the, they can flip wow. the switch.
0: Wow. On or off, flow And they
1: become the biggest blockchain company in the world. And the other thing about Visa that you probably don't know, they're probably one of the most visionary companies. They used to do big data data analytics in the 80s without all the tools we have today. So, one. Wow. The information that they can have.
0: Exactly. So I Access to all these billions of people. So I just put my money behind that. Wow. I'm gonna write that down, thank you. Yeah. That's, that yeah. goes, that's my $250. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. Done. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a pleasure Thank seeing you. Thank, you. Thank you so much. Now, Thank if anybody you. listening to this wants to get a hold of you, sure. How do they do that? So
1: you can go to my website, which is www.nadersabri.com, which is n-a-d-e-r sabri-s-a-b-r-y.com, or you can follow me on Instagram, which is underscore and then again my full name, Nader Sabri, n-a-d-e-r s-a-b-r-y. And that's where I'm most active. And YouTube, you just We're going to put YouTube. this as yeah. text on our sure. video as well.
0: Oh, brilliant. Great. It's an so absolute brilliant. pleasure. And Thank let's you. connect more often, right? Because I have some that's ideas. I want to...
1: It, we, we need to catch up on it. It's been a while. We need to do a let's 5 a.m. Well, from from now till 5, til 5 a.m. 5 yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. a.m. Right yeah, yeah. Make it a Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it a Thursday night. Done. Exactly. Exactly. An honor.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Bye, everyone.